Good evening, listeners, and welcome to episode 61. Uh, tonight, we are joined by the Master of Siege, uh, not Perturabo, or even, for those of you kidding yourselves, Rogue or Dawn. Uh, it's James Otero from Siege Studios, which is really exciting. Uh, so James will be joining us throughout the podcast, so as usual, we will go onto the hobby desk. First off, um, covering off what we've all been doing, our personal hobby, uh, then into the Galaxy of War, taking a quick flip through the things that we've seen since the last podcast, uh, and the same for the Mortal Realms. Then into the community section where James will talk to us all about Siege uh, and kind of why he's done it and what they do. Uh, and then lastly, we round off with Into the Wilds where we talk about a little thing you may have heard of called Dune. Hope you enjoy it, guys. Grab some refreshments. See you on the Hobby Desk. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 62-something of the uh, Two-Piece Podcast with uh, the Hobby Desk. And we've got James Otero with us today, which is awesome. He's from Seed Studio and he's going to be um, joining us for the whole episode. So hi James, nice to see you. Hi guys, thanks for having me, really appreciate it. Oh, it's great to have you around. Um, So we've had a month and it's been Christmas, so... There's a 50-50 chance that nothing was done or lots was done. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Um, who wants to go first today? I'm just looking up which episode it is, and I can't even get the website <laughs> right, which is I ridiculous. Think it's 61, because it last one was 60, wasn't it? Uh, well, you know, I would pretty much lead it to be 61. Yes, Ben, very astute. <laughs> I can count. I've been well, I think it would be kids. really cool, actually. So, um, obviously... James, you as a commission painter, uh, working, spend a lot of time on other people's stuff. But do you still? I mean, you've just mentioned to us in a bit of the preamble about a knight army. But do you still do much of your own hobby? And have you had a chance to do any uh, over the sort of Christmas period? Uh, so this Christmas, um, I only had Christmas Day uh, off this year, um, purely because there's lots of things uh, happening in the background with the office and obviously not having staff in because of the new lockdown. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I did do some painting on Christmas Day uh, for, I, I, I mentioned it in the preamble, but it's a, it's a bit of a 50-50 project. It's like um, one of my favourite characters from 40K um, in a new model, which we've created um uh so it's kind of 50% mine 50% for 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 siege as well um um i typically um i've got my favorite i collect blood angels i've been a blood angel fanboy since second edition the, the day i picked up uh the angels of death book and the front cover on second ed I've always loved red. It's red. It's my favorite color. And, and I've always been literally the biggest blind fanboy in existence. Like I'm mad about them, but, um, that's a great uh, codex, isn't it? That, it that is, yeah. Codex. Yeah. Phenomenal codex. Like just, yeah, just brilliant. Um, 
It but... was a shame you had to share it with the Dark Angels. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I I feel bad for them. I do like Dark Angels secretly, but um, but like Joe, <laughs> Joe, the 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 the, the uh, artist manager in office and my office manager, he's like the biggest Dark Angel fan ever. So I always always give him digs for them being heretical traitors. But they, I know they're not really. They're just they've got some bad brothers. That's all it is. <laughs> so <laughs> so um so yeah. But um I I and I and I, and I also love Catchans. I absolutely love Catchans. They're great. I've always liked the background on them. Um. I'm currently working on that's my that is my main army really like my blood angels is like uh it's more of a display army I just try and paint everything to the best that I can and I I do things as as and when I get a chance to like then it's been ongoing for years like people make a joke of it because it's never ever truly finished because I'm always like oh I've got to do this or this so it's just it's I just peck away as and when I can I know Um, that feeling (laughs) yeah yeah tell me about it and then with GW bringing out all the Primaris range as well it's just been it's been crazy but um but yeah so I I last year I was supposed to go to uh the I went to the SN battle reports no retreat tournament in Gibraltar um we work with SN and we we they we sponsor some stuff they do and um I was supposed to take my catachans and I'd actually supposed to take them for the past two years previously but because I've been so busy with work I just haven't had a chance to actually get them finished so it turned out I didn't have enough time so I literally painted uh six knights three armages or uh Helver, the um forge world ones the Moiraxes I painted three of those and then three big knights in in two weeks like literally just just <laughs> just got them done like you know um Otherwise, I couldn't have, couldn't have gone. But yeah, so really, I've only done a few bits and bobs from my Catachans, six nights, and I've painted two, well, one and a half out of three character models that I'm doing for something that Siege is releasing in at the end of January, beginning of Feb. So yeah, it's I haven't really had a lot of chance to paint. It's been, I'm, I'm sure you, both of you guys have had a very, very tough year, <laughs> to be honest. So so yeah, so um, I, I, I paint when I can. So yeah yeah how do you how do you like find painting when it's what you do as a job um all cards on table as as i'll always be like uh i I took my hand off the tools in the company about three years ago like um it's at the point now where obviously we have an office there's uh, six seven starting on monday we've got new member staff starting on monday um but um I passed over all my clients from when I started the business back in 2013, like I've, I've I passed over all my clients to the team. So I don't actually get to work on full projects. Mm. If say, for example, there's something that one of my old clients says, I want definitely want you to do it, then I will do it. But that's very far and few between now because I've pretty much passed over all of mine to the team and I just run the business now. So, um, you know, it's just, it's a shame. Like I think you truly have to be, massively invested into it to 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 for mm. it not to destroy your own personal stuff because i still enjoy picking up a brush mm. um, and i don't ever get sick of models so it's you know it's it is is what it, it is i'm afraid so my hobby is very limited for myself but i get to see loads of cool stuff all the year round and it makes me so jealous because i don't want to give it back <laughs> so <laughs> so it's <laughs> so yeah i love that i got this image of you like ascending Ascending beyond painting mere miniatures. <laughs> <laughs> there's, 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 believe me, there's enough grey, grey shame in my house and at the office to anchor me firmly still painting for a very long time. So, so yeah. yeah. Well, that's good to know. And, and uh, a friend of ours, Tom, will be absolutely chuffed that you love Blood Angels. Um, good. 
I love okay. Blood Angels. I just decided on a slightly deeper shade of red and more chain axes when that's I came fine. to paint them. But that, that's fine. That's not a problem. It, it's no, you know, it is a problem. It's a mental problem. Uh, but it's, it's a slight, uh, slightly light, lower IQ yeah. in average across the army as well. well. When you've pretty much got like a a pain device bolted to your head, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much the reason why. So yeah. So yeah, something's not quite gone right there, has it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, Ben. You, I've I've sort of lost track of what you've been doing. You've been building stuff. I, I've been, um, I've been, I've been really, really struggling to sort of get the final bit done with the big batch of space wars I've been doing. Um, so many reasons, but um, the main one being that I've I've kind of been planning out the next year as best as I can because I find if I don't have a plan then I just sort of flitter between things and don't stay on target. Um, introduce the Star, Star Wars <laughs> meme. <laughs> but I don't. I don't. I, I kind of... My most productive years of when I've gone, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Um, now, the problem with doing that is that I think, oh, I'm going to finish my Space Wars this year. I'm going to finish all of the ones that I've got that I'm you know ready to go. Um, and then if new stuff comes out, I can add to it. But I want to get like the backlog done which of course means finishing this stupid mega patch of grey hunters that i undertook for um and i also wanted to finish the the starters kits because that's like a background project so i thought i'll i'll get them assembled all ready to go and i can uh, so one of the things i did is um did a test color scheme for an ultramarine for the battle mccrag and that's going to be for battle mccrag and also um any primaris i add on to that or, or whatever Really hang on, hang on. No, you can't just gloss over that. You so this this is Ben in well, it's all hobbyists, I suppose. But so Ben wants Gilliman <laughs> because Gilliman is cool and I he's do. like part of he's a cool model and he's called cool part of the new background. So yeah. then, of course, if you're going to have Gilliman, you can't just have Gilliman, so he needs a little bit of a few defenders, doesn't he? So we think, oh, Ben thinks I'll do 10, you know, I'll do a squad of like the newer dudes for Gilliman, but then. Ben's also doing this project where he's painting all the starter sets. And one of those <laughs> is Black Reach and it has Ultramarines in it. So we're going to paint them. So now we're up to like 30 dudes. And actually, it'd be a shame not to push it to a company. This is actually the conversation <laughs> ben and I had. At There's which point it went, it went, yeah, why not go all the way to a full? Yeah, we'll just do a full company. Yes, I'll have Gilliman and a full company of Ultramarines. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Yeah. Dude? <laughs> that, and that's well, that's how grey shame escalates very quickly. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, that yeah. that came out of part of the thing that I thought I might be able to do is is the Exorcist company that is a sort of side project that's running for a while, which is going to be the colours I paint my Indomitus. And I was assembling all my Marines, and because I've got so many bits, I thought I'd just see how many I've got. And I worked out I did have enough for another two companies. <laughs> so uh yeah i should be uh, honest that and say the only reason yeah, the only um, reason i'm not in that boat is unlike ben um we're, we're different in as much as i get periods where i get so overwhelmed and then i just think right well i'm not going to do that and i'm not going to do that so i'm going to sell that and i'm going to sell that and i'm going to sell that and I, like and when i left because i worked for games workshop for five years and when i left and i was on a bit of a hobby slump I mm. sold a load of stuff and it paid to have a new kitchen in the house, which yeah. was good at the time. But now that kitchen just reminds me of those Imperial armor books that I don't have anymore. But yeah, that's the only reason I'm not 
like inundated by piles of stuff. It's not through any more self-control. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I, I'm the same. Like, um, I, I knew it got bad when I had to have two shelves in the storeroom to put most of my grey shame. I was like, <laughs> I really. It's only when you put it on the on the shelves. I was like, I really have a problem now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. and this is this is a ninth basically a meter wide racking unit and like each shelf is probably about 50 centimeters 60 centimeters tall and i've specifically chosen the one underneath the top one so i can go all the way up to the ceiling so i, I was just like i was like yeah I, I really need to sort this out this is bad <laughs> so, so yeah 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 i'm not i'm not gonna say a word no no <laughs> so um so what I did then was um, I kind of worked out what I wanted to do over the next five years, which was I thought was quite a good idea. Yeah. There was loads of gaps. And I thought this year it's going to be status kits, including the Indomitus box twice, because one for the Space Wars, one for the Exorcist and my Space Wars. And I thought that would be fine because I'm, I'm just not very good at planning this kind of stuff. And so then I thought, well, I'll put how much time I think just the Indomitus box and the Space Force were going to take, and it came to 82 weeks. So I, <laughs> if I get them done this year, I'd be surprised. But, um, yeah, so then a lot of the building stuff, though. Yeah, you? so a lot of the holiday was getting all of that stuff done. So my both my Indomitus boxes are built now, apart from the green stuff on the Outriders. Um, and I'm just currently doing the green stuff on the Aggressors. Not the Aggressors, the uh, Eliminators. Um, so I've done that. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see it, the fur cloak down the yeah, bottom, the cloaks, extra yeah. tubing and that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Um, to make them more long fangy. And um, and then I'll crack on with that. But I haven't really put a great deal of paint to anything the last four weeks. It's been mostly about getting everything assembled, ready to paint it, paint it, really smash it out this year. I can't even bring myself to put together two Indomitus boxes worth of Necrons yet. I mean, that's, um, They're quite quick to build if it's any consolidation. <laughs> it's the cleaning up, though. It's the cleaning yeah. up. Yeah. I can't, can't face too much cleaning up. Yeah. I'd I was, pay someone um, to do that. I was chatting to uh, another friend of ours, Ben Chambers, today, and he was he was he's base coating. He's doing 20 Namati Thralls because we're doing like a tail of gamers thing between a few of us and he ben never batch paints at all so he the most he's ever done is like five models and he wanted to give himself this chance and he was doing base coats he said i hate base coats i just hate it it's my worst part of the hobby um and i said well my worst part of the hobby is building i can't stand building models um so it's interesting just different i just oh my gosh building models just drives me insane mm. it's just it's, i think it's because in my head, it's not actually like a part of the hobby. Like I don't think about, I think about playing <laughs> and I think about painting, but building, I'm just like building is just an inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of see what you mean. I do like, um, I think long gone are the days of the wooden, oh, it's not the wooden, the cardboard prop up dreadnought from second ed box. If all the models are like that, that'd be <laughs> but, but no, I, I don't know. Like, I, I enjoyed building. I think it's, but, bringing those models to life so to speak they're nothing but just just uh like there's so much can be done i know a lot of things are monopose nowadays like you know i'm i'm a big fan of the multi-pose kits like if you think of like the marine the old marine or not old marine but the non-prime tactical box and 
assault marines and all those things i really think that the building is like bringing those individual men and characters to life so like i don't know like they're a bit soulless when they're just on a sprue i don't know so it sounds a bit sad but i don't know like i think no i get exactly what you mean yeah the building is like creating that that character like you know i don't know yeah but i guess it just depends what so like i'm when i'm thinking about what like i'm where i built in my corn army my goal is to have a big army to play a big game Mm. not not necessarily to tell a story through the individual characters and stuff like that and so i think like when i'm sat down and i'm like right i'm gonna put 50 cultists in my army and then i'm building 50 cultists i'm not really interested in the soul of any of them (laughs) No, I get that. Because I'm done. <laughs> I, I, I was the same with my my cultists, my own warriors. That I used to have. I just literally was like, I've got to get these fifty done. <laughs> it's just like they're gonna die anyway. But yeah, but um, yeah. but yeah. No, and I, I do get what you mean. Like, yeah, I don't know. I enjoy the building part. It's the cleaning the mold lines off. I can't. I just yeah. can't do. Yeah. Why well, I, I can't do it. I just you don't... gotta get that. Well, you've got partial ownership of a three D printer, Ben. You know, I don't get any of them on my Warmaster models. <laughs> Well, it's a good job because cleaning the mold line off a Warmaster model, there won't be a great deal left of the model. I know. <laughs> I, that's true. I have got a 4,000 point Empire Warmaster army that's completely like it's not built. I've done anything to it and it's all metal with mold lines. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's going to be amazing. <laughs> Weeks of whinging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, I mean, that, that's been my hobby. It's been planning. I mean, I have assembled dozens of Marines. So the, the McCraig Marines, I rebuilt the third edition ones that I I still got the same box. They're, they're still, I've got a whole like ton of bits, exactly the same bits. And I could have used them to build another 10, but I was like, no, I'm going to use the same bits and rebuild them in the same crazy way that I built them when I was 13 or 14 or whenever it came out. Can I ask where did the project of doing all the starter sets come from? So, what made you want to? It's a really cool project, like going, but doing all of them through that. It's a really cool. Where, where, what made you start that? Like, what was the thing that like you made that made you like want to do that? Um, I think it was like a slow thing, actually. Um, so, I got the second edition starters kit, and I got the fourth edition starter. They were the two I started with. So, I know that this makes me sound proper old, but my first starters kits were the first starters kits. Um, and so, and I've got them every one since, and some of them have been painted. Um, like the black reaches, I painted the black reaches iron snakes when I was in the store. Um, but a lot of them haven't. And I'm the second edition one was just so overwhelming as a kid. Like there's so many more. <laughs> so there's like the old one or two had paint on and, and I think they got lost in the, sort of darkness of time but i got the replacements for them and i got replacements for the elves and the goblins and i suppose i kind of thought wouldn't it be cool if i had them all and i had them all painted um and that formed the backbone of my hobby yeah yeah definitely because i've always kind of had this idea that it's 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 awesome and this comes back from being a kid you know when people came over to your house you didn't they didn't always have Warhammer, but they wanted to play. So they play with your the other side of the starters kit that you had. So I, yeah. my kind of perfect hobby shed, as it were, would, would be to have my armies, but have small other armies painted so that people could 
you can have a go, even if it's just like the starters kit forces. Yeah. And, that um, makes perfect sense. It's a really or, good, cool project. Or, or bolt them onto whatever they brought over. And um, actually, I don't think I've got a great many of them fully painted. What I have got fully painted is all the Age of Sigma stuff. So all the Age of Sigma starters kits are, are completely done. Um, Dark Imperium is mostly done apart from Nurgle. Um, and there's various bits and bobs that are done, but it would be nice to it would be nice to finish them. I, I just it's a, it's just one of those things that I think for me would be almost if nothing else got done in my life, but I had I painted up every starters kit that came out. It, it, it would that would be fine as a hobby wise. Awesome. That would be oh, fine. That's awesome. But the, um, pro- the problem is GW keep releasing them, so you're never going to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, had, I had to kind of t- give myself a talking to that starters kits did not include. Um, Blood Bowl, Necromunda, <laughs> all of the other things that they were bringing out, <laughs> and Warmaster, and oh, um, not Warmaster, um, Warcry. Yeah, just couldn't you couldn't keep up with all of those starter kits. Yeah. So, but the core starter kits, are, I think, is a, a doable. Although they've put in a massive spanner in the works this time. I mean, what actually is the starter kit for Indomitus? I mean, is it the Indomitus box, or is it the the other boxes, the one, the, the one with the sisters of battle and and dark dark elder in it. They've got that one now. They're kind of like starter box top ups. That's essentially, but mm. actions. It's kind of like, um, you know, but um, I'm thinking more of the core boxes that they release. Like, I'd say Indomitus is the is the is the star box. It's the core box. Dark Imperium and and well, not Dark Imperium anymore, but yeah, Indomitus is the new starter box. I would say. In my I have to paint the scenery to have the other box. That's the only add-on. Yeah, <laughs> but I haven't got that. So, yeah. anyway, so that, yeah, that, that's that. I mean, um, like I said, I think I've probably assembled sixty marines and the Indomitus box. So I've been busy, just not really productive in a kind of finished model sense, which is really frustrating. Yeah. I did have a lot of fun today messing around with my old Space Wolf scouts. So. I wasn't happy with the green stuff on them because I did them like 10, 15 years ago. So all the green stuff fur got taken off. But then that gave me a really cool opportunity to use the um, infiltrator box set, the, the, the sprues, to add on like all the proper scopes onto their bolt guns and the little comms array. So now my Space Wolf Scouts are starting to look proper tactical and I love it. <laughs> I'll post a picture of that later, but that was my little thing to say. So that's me. How about you, Dan? I know what you've been painting. It smells. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been doing some Nurgle, uh, again, as part part to go along um, with this sort of tale of gamers. So um, as people that have listened to us for a while will know, I'm, n- I'm a corn, insane about corn. I've got uh, big corn army for 40k and for Age of Sigmar. Um, and I love them. I really do love them. Um, and last year, so oppositely to Ben, really, I came into last year with no plan, went to Warhammer World in January when you were still able to do such things, got super excited and came home. And then across the year have just built and painted all of the remaining corn that I had um, outstanding to, to build up. So it's you know i'm sure there are some people with much bigger armies but i've got about seven thousand points now for both systems with the demons obviously bridging the gap between the two systems which is nice um so it was time to do something a bit different 
Uh, and also, like painting wise, I've always been. Ben calls me a box art wanker, so I just paint shit like the box. Um, and I typically will go base coat wash, highlight, highlight. You know, it's like it's like I've been cast in a mold of Games Workshop um, <laughs> to do my stuff. But I, and then but then gradually I found like faster ways. I like to find faster ways to do things. So like I picked up some of the Vallejo True Map True Gold thing oh, colors they're so good. and they're just immense and like <laughs> comparatively yeah. for all like your armor trim and stuff but um so but then what i decided to do this year and the thing with the nurgle is i started to look more at sort of grim dark slash weathering that sort of painting and a, a this <laughs> ben went on to me for ages about this i used to have all my paints organized alphabetically because I painted to the guides. So I painted and I always wanted, but as part of my turning over a new leaf, I've done them all by color and shade now, as Ben tells me is the only way to do it. You're it nodding is. your head to that as well, James. So yeah, I, am. Yeah. I think I'm possibly outnumbered here, but um, so because with the Nurgle, I've just like, just gone mad. I've just gone like, right, what am I gonna do? And I've started working on it and I've done like a, a very a, an almost white armor but with a hint of green on it and then there's all sorts of enamels going on and rust washes and different um glazes that, on the skin that, that, that's the whole fun of it like the thing is is like <clears throat> that's exactly what you mean like you you've obviously done a certain thing for a very long time so it's almost like learning something completely new by doing something completely the far removed from from what you've done like um yeah, I, I completely get that. My own warriors were the same. I just treated them like, not treated them like rubbish, but painted them like they didn't care because it fit the background. And mm. like the, I, I, Nurgle, I see like the same as kind of like orcs. You've got a bit of freedom to do whatever you want to it really because it's it, it's that horrible kind of thing to it. I don't have to explain what I mean properly, but but I think you get more freedom with it to just experiment and have a lot more fun with painting them. Like um, it's not like a super clean blood angel or like a super clean whatever. It's you've got the liberty to then do the different things that you'd like and en enrich that narrative through the, the wider creation you've got on the model if, if you follow me yeah absolutely and, and like i like the fact that if i make a mistake i can usually just weather it exactly yeah <laughs> oh, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. boom done yeah. so um but i'm i'm mostly focusing on the mortals so i did um as my test piece i did the lord of plagues which is that classic model that was just amazing when it came out and, yeah. and it's still amazing yeah. um and now i'm working on five blight kings because our first sort of slot was supposed to be a hero and, and a, a unit of um a battle line unit uh, and those again those are amazing models really really quite impressive and a lot of variety as well i didn't realize just how many different ones you could build mm -hmm. um so that's quite exciting for the future so yeah just just working through them they're almost the models themselves are almost done i've just got the sort of um streaking grind to go on uh, and work through with that um and then i'll build their bases but i've also done some rift stalkers so they're a primaris chapter from the ultima founding white um based come from the raven guard um but their sort of modus operandi is to look for opportunities to go through the rift find like new ways through the the cicatrix maledictum so they're gonna very much be um around sort of phobos armor guys and sneaky dudes i've asked for my birthday 
the end of January for the Space Marine Interdiction Force that came out over Christmas. And there's a box that's exactly that size, cardboard box, downstairs from the loot room, which is a hobby place. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm on to a winner there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to do that with them. So I did a few test pieces for them. And again, what's really cool is like when I was younger, I remember thinking about doing like a white army and thinking, no, no, no. But with these, like you get airbrush, Tamiya whites and some uh, I stole from Andy Wardle, the Payne's Grey, like and just sort of pin washing it in. And it's just like white is just so it's like the easy one now it's like yeah. da, 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 done and it's really striking and people are like oh you've done white well oh yes it was hard, hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um yeah do that but the trouble with space marines is they're all awesome so i'm like i'm gonna do my wrist stalkers so i thought oh, i better get the codex so i'm reading the codex and then obviously there's like a double page on each of the first found in the first chapters so I read the one about ultramarines and i'm like oh they're amazing i gotta do them and then like the next one and and and, and you read the one on the blood angels and i said i love blood I was like, oh i love some bloody they're amazing then i read the one on the space walls and i was like they're rubbish right moving on <laughs> so i read the ben lightning by any chance yeah but anyway, this continued. And then I got to the salamanders and I love the salamanders. So I've got this sort of idea that may or may not come to fruition, which is do the rift stalkers to do all the like Phobos guys. But then with the things like the, is it the eradicators, the mountain gun guys yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. The tanks and all, and do like more of a, a mid range fire and flame salamander sort of contingency because they're just so good and i just want to do them all so yeah they are they're really uh, the background to the salamanders is great they're like it, even though marines are seen as like this and the, and the imperium is seen as good even though good is seen in variable degrees like the sallies are like the kindest nicest space marines they actually care about human populaces and you know i think them and blood angels are very similar in that sense but like but like they're, they're not like like black templars or whoever just don't care <laughs> like they just don't care about human populaces and things but but like um they're really really cool yeah they've got a great background yeah I, I love them i love them and then lastly um i <laughs> had been resisting the urge strongly to do um any star wars legion mm -hmm. because it's star wars and i love star wars so it, but you know, I don't need another game, don't need another sci-fi game, don't need it. Models are okay, but they're not games works quality models. And then Chris Goff, my mate who lives down the road, I do a lot of my game with, decided that for Christmas he would get me Luke Skywalker. Oh god. <laughs> the seed was planted. <laughs> it was. So I've I've built him now and I've just put some stuff on his base today. So he won't take long to paint. But um we're doing in our little so the two piece we have a hobby group on facebook um and we do a month well we we started doing monthly painting competition and then it petered out so, but then this year we're going to do we're doing one based on the hobby bingo that was in the back of the last issue of white dwarf mm -hmm. and this month is just any model so i've said i'll do luke for that um chris has got the starter set and i was on the website the other day looking at like the pathfinders and I'm like, oh, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. And the trouble, <laughs> and oh, but the, he he disseminates rules as well. So it's like, 
every barrier is broken down for me. Like I don't have to worry about learning the rules because Chris will do that. Chris will do the terrain. He'll probably do the armies, really, but you can't not have an army of stormtroopers, can you? If that's what's... And they're white, which we know is uh, is completely accept accessible as a painting scheme. So, yeah, you could always paint them at the same time as the rift stalkers as well. I could. I, yeah. I don't James, know though. Don, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got his first model already, so it doesn't really yeah, matter. <laughs> it has begun. He's it on that path. Begun. He's on that path. <laughs> well, and it didn't help, of course, that the Mandalorian has just been incredible. And yeah, yeah. That Luke in that final episode, sorry, spoiler alert, but I, I practically was jumping <laughs> I around. I think you room put like the spoiler alert a little bit late there. <laughs> well, if, if people haven't watched it, they don't deserve to be protected by. Oh now. my it's goodness. Been, it's been yeah. on the television long enough. Yeah, like, um, yeah, that was, <laughs> I think, like, on a massive off tangent, like from 40K or whatever, but like that, that, that episode single handedly, I hated all three of the films. Like, I hated the, the new ones, absolutely hated them. Like, um, and to get Luke, how since he's a little kid, and after watching Return of the Jedi and those three for many, many cycles, nearly burning the VHSs out, like to see him, how he's described in the background in the, what is now the Legends books or the non canon, whatever that Disney killed, is incredible. Like, it's just brilliant to see him, like, in master mode, like, with full power, basically. It's just great. Yeah. I think what's exciting about it, and we are completely off tangent. I I liked the the three new films. Um, bits of them I didn't. Bits of them I absolutely loved. But I, one of the things I did like was Luke actually, because he made him more human to me. And I I really don't like perfect characters. There's always got to be a. And what he went through was different from well, it is a, is a, would have been a challenge for anyone, but to solder like the whole thing on his own. I think yeah. what is going to be really awesome is, is it James Favu, the guy yeah, who's, do, yeah. Yeah, who's doing Mandalorian? He's quite clearly keen, and Disney are therefore keen, or LucasArts are keen, to fill that gap. So I think we will mm -hmm. see plenty of how Luke got from A to B. And and then I think that those those three films will then start to make a whole lot more sense. And it will be. Uh George Lucas has. There's been lots of rumours over the last couple of weeks that George Lucas is um, going to be doing three more films with uh, Jane, uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, basically. Well, make the make the last trilogy. Shadows yeah. of the Shadows of the Empire, which was what number seven should have been called, and um, and the the other thing that's really cool about it is that um, is that characters like Mara Jade, who Luke's oh. wife, yeah, um, potentially could could exist which would be incredible <laughs> like um yeah, i just so. need thrawn i just need thrawn yeah well he's well he's he's got to be around because obviously what's her name is yeah, yeah. when she said that so i normally because the kids harriet goes to bed real early so she goes to bed about half eight nine ish and the kids are in bed so all of my any of my free time is always in the evening and i watched so i watched mandalorian like late in the evening and, and i'll usually be like right i'll just watch one because i work in royal mail so i get up real early so i can't say but no i didn't watch one so i watched that so about her oh it must have been coming on for 11 o'clock at night and she goes like where is he where is Grand Admiral Thrawn or where is Thrawn? And I went, yes! And I was like, oh, shit, it's really, really late. Actually. Yes. 
because I just, yeah, I just love those. I absolutely love those books. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. Cool. Well, now that we've just now just talking about Star Wars, which is absolutely fine, because why not? Um, it would probably be a good time to wrap up the hobby desk and move into the galaxy of war. All good with that? But not the galaxy of Star Wars. <laughs> a just long saying. time ago. <laughs> far, far away. Okay, welcome listeners to the grim darkness, the far future. We have just been nattering away about Star Wars uh, and Star Trek, um, both paradises, really, in comparative to the grim dark of 40k, where (laughs) literally hell itself has torn across the galaxy and is pouring (laughs) out stuff. So, yeah, um, I'm not quite sure even what Picard would do in the face of that, if I'm honest, but uh, hide in the toilet. Possibly. I, I think the, the Klingons would have out of a field day, though, wouldn't they? They'd love it. They'd but, love it, yeah. yeah. They'd be but they would paint all the bird of praise red and rock on, wouldn't they? So yeah, I don't think the Klingons would have much chance of not forking down the, the red path, would they? No, not really. <laughs> so they, they'd end up there eventually. None at all. So um bit over it's been a little quieter, but over the last well, since a sort of month, just over a month since the last one on 40k stuff tend to see that though usually they have like a lead up to christmas where it's like whoa and then there's a little lull um while we get through christmas um but a few things have come along and the one i'm i have to talk about first is the new land speeder because yeah i flip in love that i think yeah. that is comfortably my favorite primaris vehicle that they've bought out um and there's one which is called is it the Thunderstrike that I keep going on about? And all I want to do is play the ACD Thunderstruck theme tune and put those on the table all the time. Um, and and at work, the guys have uh, I guess Ultimate Radio. I think it is. It's good though because it has like loads of uh, rock and and stuff like that. And and most days they play Thunderstruck, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna get me one of them when it comes out. <laughs> So basically, my Rift Stalker's plan is interdiction force, Thunderstrike, land speeders. <laughs> so yeah, I'd love to see them do a, a land speeder like the Storm for the Phobos Marines. So mm. sort of an open, open-sided, transporty one. I think that would be really cool. But um, I appreciate that they have got hover tanks now, but yeah, still doesn't replace the concept of a of a you know, flying drop drops. You know insertion thing i just think that would be wicked but it's a fantastic model in it it is beautiful like and the three variants is really nice different weapon loadouts is great um i have to agree like um i'm a bit hit or miss on the primaris range like some of them i think are really good um and and, again i'll always be super black and white like there are some primaris models that i just absolutely detest um but yeah like i think the 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 the, the land speed is the best primaris vehicle that's come out definitely i find Mm. it hard to countenance that although ben and i did have a chat about this model the other day and he's it's growing on him but i find it hard that the same studio that made that made that little atv buggy thing oh yeah i'm like oh my goodness now i know it's growing on you ben it is i'm afraid it is yeah 
I'm not afraid. It, it you know, it's like folds up. You know those little like scooty things that people you can fold down into like the size of a briefcase. Yeah, it's like that, but for Primaris. I was reading about it in the background. It's all like folded up, and then it just folds out, and then they get on it and just go down the road, and then drop off your car, and then get it out of the boot, fold it back up, and drive. Back. Yeah, but I really like that. I like the idea of that. So that. One of the things I like about the Primaris is they're doing what Space Marines should always have been, which is tactically flexible and have equipment to solve any any circumstances. So we've always had like basically three styles of troops or four. So the, the Scouts, Assault Marines, Devastators and Tactical Marines. And they've really been very blueprinty and that's fine. We've kind of got used to that because realistically a space marine on their own is an incredibly adaptable thing but now that they've got this concept where a group of guys could be deployed in an area and need an atv and some kind of ship can just drop a thing and it unfolds into an atv i i do i think yes and i think you're absolutely right but i don't think really you need to be able to deal with all combat situations up to and including mario and luigi rocking up and asking you to have a race with the princess do you? Or, or, or lift up the side and see that it says fisher price on it <laughs> so you know like you know um like yeah I, yeah i agree like the atv like i don't i don't personally i don't really like the model um I th- i've seen people convert it and it looks great like i've seen people do lots of different things with it like they've even made the back automated which i thought was quite cool um like but but yeah, I just, I think it's a bit hit or miss. Like some things are exceptional, like really, really good uh, from the range. And then some things are just, I, I I, think they've gone too far with like the the the, the change. I know the timeline has passed onwards and things have moved forward, but the whole thing was, ever, was always ever been that technology is stagnated, if that makes sense. That's why like a land raider is seen as this relic that if it, gets destroyed they'd send a whole company after to try and get one back or whatever the case may be like now they seem to be able to pull new technology out of anywhere do you know so it's just i don't know like you know it's 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 a little bit against what the 30 or 40 odd years of background has said but never mind here's what it is i kind of i kind of happy about it actually because it got to the point where i know and i know i know that there's going to be so many people listening to this being like what are you talking about but i kind of it kind of doesn't make sense that there's no innovation that there's no moving forward that there's no what happens if i mix this with this the a tech marine for example is so profoundly intelligent that he would make most of our engineers look like school children. His, under- <laughs> his, under- his understanding of technology is yeah, yeah. hundreds of years in the training on Mars. And then, you know, add into that the space marine brain, which is phenomenally more capable than ours of multiprocessing and data storage and, and thinking outside the box and doing all of those things because it's genetically essentially different. Mm-hmm. And then it's been psycho-trained to be even more exceptional. I think... And that's just a space marine chapter. I, I you know I've always thought that there there would be people innovating new technology, and it just kind of feels, it kind of feels a little bit okay because they were really pushing the very envelope of actually, what are you doing? Where is this going? Is everything going to die? Because if you push it any further, 
and put more genes to the cults on terror, for example, where, where, where do you go? What, what are you going to yeah. do? You know, I, see you, I see what you mean because I think maybe the reason why is like like the 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 death blow that happened to fantasy, the original fantasy, is and it stagnated. I think because obviously it, I think that's why what's been done has been done because mm. you need you do need something new to to keep it going and keep the interest there. I do agree completely. However, I think the way that they could have done it, and this is just my humble opinion, which is just a, as a, a, like everybody's got an opinion. I think they should have, in the books, when they were bringing different campaign books out, within those books, they should have said the discovery of this new STC, blah, blah. And they could have put the seed for the new things within previous books that would have laid the ground path rather than just going, here's a Mario go-kart. Like, you know, it's it, they, they could have done it so that it was a bit more smoother of a transition rather than just dumping new models on us that, that we've like, well, where the hell's that come from? Like, you, you see what I mean? Like, there's... I think there's a way to deliver it and there's a way to deliver it. And I think possibly the way it was done, in my humble opinion, wasn't the smoothest that it could have been. So that's the way that I look at it. Yeah, I I guess well, it must have been really interesting to have the conversation because the hobby is all about emotion and emotional yeah. reaction, isn't it, to everything. And yeah, so course, yeah. to sit in a room and sort of suggest that... Because they... You, People like Alan Merritt and 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 that are up in HQ and whatever that for a long time looked after the the worlds and the background and all they know this stuff inside out. Mm-hmm. There's no way that they would have come to that decision without discussing the fact that actually a big part of underpinning 40k is this idea that the Imperium as man's technology doesn't change and it stagnates. They'd have had that conversation and talked about the emotional reaction that fans would have but then i guess ultimately they just got more excited about the idea of putting in cool new bits and pieces and and adding stuff in and i i guess you know as i've already said laughing at the little the 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 go-kart the atv um which incidentally if it was a bit more dynamic i reckon and with a bit of weathering and stuff you, you could do something with but um if we have to have one of those but somewhere in the range, we get things like the land speeder and and the numeric. I mean, I was when I painted the Rift Stalkers, I said to Ben, I was just he had told me this was the case, but I don't listen to him really. <laughs> and then quite often I find that he's right. Um, they're just a joy to paint. You yeah, know? they really are. The canvas yeah. you've got to work with. There's more room to do things, and yet and, and and but there's more panel lines and there's more going on that you can do stuff with. It's it's really great. No, I, I I agree. Like I, I'm a huge fan of the intercessors. I, I like I, I, the biggest ones. I don't really like. I'm not too keen on the aggressors. I don't like Gravis very much. Being frank, I just think it. I just don't like the armor. Like I, I yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. Like um, I most prefer it on the uh, the new um, plasma eradicate on the on the eradicators. eradicators. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I guess it they looks got rid like, of the pot belly, didn't they? The pot yeah, belly was yeah. The thing. I think they. I think yeah, they got rid of it. I think that's that's the thing. Like, but. Yeah, like I, I just I think some of it is just like hasn't I don't want to say hasn't been thought through because it clearly they've had many meetings and stuff about it, but I just think the whole thing of the the the, the primaris that could have been done a bit better. Like I'm not saying it shouldn't have been done. I think obviously that people have been making true scale marines to the to the other miniatures for a very long time and people make mm. so i think it was it was it was needed because marines were the same size as a guardsman and all this and you want your models to represent the law and narrative as best as possible that's that's perfectly makes sense um 
I just don't think it was done in the best way because the, the biggest concern for many hobbyists and we had, you know, and, and we, we, I, I've had this in work and I've had this in, is we get asked like, do you think that my whole entire collection of Marines that I've had for 20, 30 years is suddenly going to be axed one day and all that money and effort and time that I've spent in it is, is null and void. Do you see what I mean? It's a huge, it's a huge thing to, for, to for as, a, as a consumer and as a hobbyist to have to potentially deal with, if you see what I mean. So I just think it could have been done a bit better, but, but yeah. Ah, hindsight. Beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about awesome models. Let's talk about an orc. Yeah. As they're cool. So we have got, and I've looked it up. It's Gaz, no, Gorzag and Gorzag Git Stomper and Nicket is his little <laughs> mate. So <laughs> they've come along. What are they even for? Like, is it just a random it's boxing day so we're gonna bring out yeah. this he's the he's, he's the, orc the front, front cover of gorkamorka isn't yeah. he yeah yeah he is, yeah yeah I, I i it's a great model yeah i love orcs they're ace aren't they really cool. yeah they are i the trouble is though it got um it got so in the got a little painting gaming group up in bristol um, and Chris and then Henry, um, they just flip in love. Gorka Morka, they're mad about it. <sighs> and they're like, oh, it's amazing. And then I'm looking at it and like, yeah, it's amazing. Those grots have got a land ship. What's going on there? And we were talking about how could how we could do Gorka Morka, but like with the updated models and and it would just be brilliant. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now there's another thing on the table. And oh my biggest problem with Gorka Morka was the wobbly bases. What the 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 weird sort of like sausage kind of yeah. like yeah, I, I remember those, yeah. Because we you, had you, this chat though, because like they were obviously the smaller because you could only have the number of boys in your band had yeah, to be able yeah. to fit on in the, the wagon. Yeah, in the, but yeah. the wagon is bigger now, so you wouldn't necessarily have to have the teeny tiny bases would if you, you I, I used to fill them with green stuff so that they were weighted essentially so that mm. you, they wouldn't fall over or you could mag so that they, your boys could literally and because one of my mates used to what he used to do is test fit where all the boys would fit in the back of his because you could custom make your wagons you could make them as long or as big if you had the teeth to to, to buy it you could customize your, your things as you want so he basically used to work out how many boys he could fit in, like into the wagon, and then do all the magnetizers and everything, and then just drop all of his money or teeth on just getting as many boys as he can. And he used to have a wagon rock up with like fifteen boys or something stupid like that in it, like if they could all fit in. So, but yeah, but it was a great game, Gorka Walker. I think it's like it's orcs and everything you can do with orcs, as in converting, customizing, all that kind of stuff. But like turned up to eleven, like it's. Just- it's just it ridiculous. Yeah. So, how can we make orcs more ridiculous? <laughs> so, so yeah. Do you we'll see it back? I, I would. I would love to. Wait, you, know, you know, they released that Speed Freaks box, or the. Yeah. I was. I was. I was hoping that they would do some kind of rules expansion within it, where you, I know you kind of do fight each other in it, from what memory says. But I was hoping they would do something where you could have some kind of like Gork and Walker esque style rules. Yeah. But, um, I'd I love. Think it's right back. for it. Like it's when you think about like resources it it can't be high on the end of how many resources it would take them to create know. it as a game and you'd end up with a crossover models and that's the beauty of it unlike necromunda where 
I mean, theoretically, some of the models could be used for 40K. I mean, for example, the the um, the uh, corpse grinders could be oh, used yeah. for cultists. For, oh, the enforcers could be used for guardsmen. Or any of the gangs could, but it's not a clear one. You know, people would have to go, I want an army that looks like Escher for my Imperial Guard. Yeah, to yeah. Make that decision. Whereas with, with Gorkamorka, if they released models for Gorkamorka, they could very easily, and this is what happened in the first one, the only difference between a lot of the models for Gorkamorka and 40K was the base that they came in the box. I mean, that was it. it, it the, the trucks were the same trucks. The, the, the boys were the same boys. Um, the metal models, you could have easily just stuck a round base on it and, you, and you'd have had a war boss or, a, or whatever. So I think if they were going to redo the orc range, it would be a very easy thing to do. You know, just to sort of have a, a whole bunch of money put onto the models and then use them for both. Mm. Do you get? I'd love um, to see it come back. Yeah, it would be great. When when something like that comes along, then James, do you get? Have you got many people that want one? Well, as in, as in, the, in as a the, commission. New, the new boxes? Yeah, yeah. Whenever GW drops something new, it, it's you know like whether it, obviously anything marines is always like yeah you you get obviously a lot of people ask about it anything any you get people who like, like for example when blood bowl first came out like people were like i want to get back into blood bowl i haven't played it in years and this new game the new version of it looks incredible so we get loads of, so for for painting side of it and for commissioning yeah it does typically tend to follow the meta of what's released but the beauty of it is you get all of that and at the same time you get you get tom who's had this primark that he's loved for many many years sitting in a box on his shelf and he wants it painted to display quality or like to a really high end or you get you know someone who's stripped all these metal models from when he was a kid and you know we we just had some old metal terminators come in like the old ones with the arms stuck on the side like that we we had we 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 had some of those coming so you get before cool. but but um but yeah when the boxes drop like obviously people are like oh i want that you know blah blah like you know so I think the only thing is obviously people don't realise that there is a waiting list and, you know, and, and yeah. they can't, yeah, they can't, they can't have it straight away, so to speak. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, people do follow the meta. Yeah. How, how many painters do you have in your team? Do you say seven? 40, 42. 42. So seven in the office though, is that right? No, that's just office staff. Oh, that's office staff. Okay. So yeah. 40. Yeah. And your, your guys are all over, they work from home? We have a few at the yeah. studio and then, a few, and then the majority of them, the majority of them are freelance from home, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense because I know that Will Will paints mm-hmm. just down the road from me. Yeah, yeah, he's just on South Coast. He seems to have moved. No, <laughs> no, no. He's been to, he's been to Wickford a few. Like, he's been to Wickford. He's come to the office and he's come. Mm-hmm. He's come. You know, he's he's come to mine and stuff. But um, but yeah, like it's it. it I think the fact that um they are free, they are working from home has been one of the saving graces for this year and all the stuff that's happened. Yeah, like, like um. It would have been very difficult if we were all in the same building. Obviously, we are the office side, and there are there are team members who paint in the office. So we have got a painting team in the office as well because just because of location and it makes sense. And it's not working at home. Some people prefer to go to somewhere to physically work, yeah. uh, which which is perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, I think that's the saving grace of, of 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 what's happened with this year as well. So so yeah. I don't know how you resist the urge to be like, right, build me an army worthy of Mordor and just like get them all to paint the same thing. Um, because apart from bills, obviously, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's, oh, it's, it's not, I think, irrespective of like or, or the financial side or anything like that, like the, the, I am, I think the way that I am is like, I, 
like to do things myself and I would feel I connect to whatever I do. So like any of my comp pieces or any of my armies, I, 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 if someone else had done it, I wouldn't have that connection to it. If that makes sense for me, it's a very, very personal thing. Like you build this thing. It's like almost, it's the only way a male can give birth to something. If that makes sense, like you, 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 you create this thing from nothing or from very few parts or kits or whatever, and it's yours and you put everything into it. Like, so as much as I'd love to go, here's an army that I want Two of you guys get on with it or one of you guys do it or whatever. Like, you know, I, yeah, I could do that hypothetically. Um, but I think the actual doing of it is the bit that I love the most as well as finishing it. So I, I can't, I, I can't, it's not mine because I haven't done it fully, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just can't shake the idea of 42 people paying corn berserkers. <laughs> that would be a lot of corn berserkers. <laughs> that would be a lot of corn berserkers. Surely you just want 40 doing it because it's a multiple of eight. You yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd want an extra six people hired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, that's Nickit and Gizgob or whatever he's called. We've decided. Awesome, awesome models. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And then the last sort of thing really for 40K is we've obviously just had um, an FAQ and an update um, that's sort of flowing through now. Um, with ATV Nerf. Yeah. What else has happened? I read about. There's a couple of things that have been. Oh, those dudes with the mounter guns again that you pointed out eradicators oh, I, I love them. a bit of a uh, they, they used to be able to shoot twice or something i don't think they can do that now or something can i i I'd be honest yeah, i get yeah. the, the game inside has slipped by the wayside for me over this year um so yeah me um, too i haven't really looked at it to be honest um in any detail other than to say it's here and it also includes some updates to the app um more updates to the app from feedback um, and, uh, and a second extra month free. I think it's had some teething problems. Um, I've seen. <laughs> I, I think that's putting it kindly. But I've seen people. I've seen, I've seen people. I've seen people saying it's had some teething problems. Which you know, look. I remember when Battlescribe first came out. There was there were even to this day. There's still little things on Battlescribe that aren't 100. percent You know, it, it condensing down all those codexes into a digital platform to be able to make list building easier is an, an immense task. I wouldn't ever want to take that on personally or the coding or the background to it that's crazy amounts of getting everything right so you got to take your hat off to them for doing it because i think it's a, obviously they want to convert people from battlescribe to their platform which is fine but like i think i think again i think more preemptive testing and stuff would have been ideal um before. yeah i totally agree so uh, i think probably the biggest bugbear i've seen um, and I haven't seen loads. And again, as we said earlier about Facebook being an echo chamber, you know, you do see the same <laughs> thing over and over again. But it's the fact that a lot of this beta stuff's going on while people are paying for £3.99 a month or whatever it yeah. is for the app. Yeah. Now, and, and to be fair, they've, they like you say, they've given a, a month free. Um, well, they a second it. month free. That's what, a yeah. second month free. I think it was an odd thing to launch the app before the builder was ready because that's like the main bit um what i would say is because so i subscribed again um and uh with this free because i thought you know you've got to give it a go, another go uh and i got the space marine codex so i used the code 
to download the extra, like to put all the rules into it. It is quick to navigate. It's good in that regard. It's quick to navigate and find things. And where I've come across things that I don't seem quite right, like so Corn Berserkers, you couldn't or you can't at the moment, like they're allowed to swap either their bolt pistol or chain axe for something else. So you can have a guy with a bolt pistol and a chain axe or a chainsaw and a bolt pistol or a chainsaw and a chain axe. It, you can't do it because you can't swap one of the weapons. So I've just tapped it quickly into feedback and sent it off because I kind of thought it's easy just to sort of complain. I think the um, thing is, but they're going to go on. Oh, oh sorry. They're, they're going to be inundated with people going, oh, this or this or this or this. I think, I think, um, I don't know, like I, I was talking to somebody about it yesterday and like I think given the fact that nobody can theoretically game very well at the moment because of everything that's going on, um, I think it's that this time maybe should have been used to get it bang on and as soon as we can go back to gaming then go, here's the thing, it's completely done, perfectly working. It, it, I don't know, like that's the way that I think maybe it would have, maybe it would have, it'd be used, what, good to use this time to, to hone out all those cobwebs and get all those things sorted before going here you go guys we want you part of the testing phase you could have done that launch and here's a free month it works 99 percent. if you do know anything let us know and then we'll change it and then just see what i mean i think that would have had a better react better reaction personally but um you know sometimes the greatest innovation is done while it's launched you know the you know yeah. the right the right brothers wouldn't have made a plane fly if they didn't shove it down the blooming beach so you know you, <laughs> you, might, you, might, you, might, you might you might you might as well just you know do it you know but um but yeah, so it's, uh, it looks good from what I can see. Like, but I think the teething problems have just given it a bit of a bad sour taste. I think a little bit maybe. But I, I think I've said a lot on it before, but I think the first month was terrible. I really, really do. Um, and I, and I think they're going to have to do a lot to get a lot of people back who who signed up for it for the first month because there was a lot wrong with it. There was a lot missing, and I mean a lot. Like little things like the 40k rules section was just a link to a pdf which is ludicrous you know when you think about it but i'm glad that i haven't looked at it on purpose for a while and as soon as somebody tells me oh it's brilliant now it's great i'll then go back to it and i'll pretend it never happened <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i like it i i've got it again now and i like it and you know, like anything, if you go into it expecting it to be shit, you'll probably find problems. But yeah. if it, but actually, the thing is, I was going the into best it before bit of expecting it, it to be great. Yeah, but I, it does what I like, which is I can be at work and obviously diligently working hard all the time. Um, but <laughs> if I'm thinking about Space Marines, because I may well do, I can just go in and look at the stuff about Space Marines. That's why I love the AOS app because yeah. I always had in my pocket all the, the 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 bits i wanted for a brief overview yeah. of um of AS. yeah i agree so yeah i i would say anyone that listened to us when we were crying into our coffees about the app please try it because i'm trying it now and it's it's worth it so the three models that got one two and three for the models of the year were all 40k models mm -hmm. yes, yes. gas skull thracker well, Macari well, with him, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, the Void Dragon, which I think is. I, I personally think that the, the third one should have come second and the second would have come third because I, I, that little 
the triumph of Saint Catherine is, I think, is amazing. I, 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 I'm so glad you said that because, quite honestly, don't get me wrong, Gaz and 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 um, Macri are brilliant, and, and the Void Dragon is awesome. But just as a single piece, like as a as you know that the Trial of Saint Catherine is phenomenal. Like every model ha- is a character other than the shrine bit in the model. Uh, the base is that's beautifully sculpted like cathedral floor like it's just incredible like it that it look obviously it's a gaming piece but just as something you can have on the cabinet or have on the shelf yeah. it's just absolutely it's designed to be displayed like it's just beautiful like um the the late the girl the the adeptus sorosis at the front the sister about the front with the shield and the sword is just an incredible little miniature on her own yeah. um you know i'm using her for something for next year or for this year or whenever competitions are right come back but she she's just an amazing model like and they all are like they they really really are um so i was a bit i i, I was a bit dismayed when it came th- i think it came third didn't it i was like oh, came I thought, third yeah i thought that was going to be in the top three but i did not think it was going to be i thought it was either me first or second because it's just jaw dropping like jaw dropping it is it's, it's one of those ones where it, it looks like a golden demon entry. Mm-hmm. It looks like someone has crafted it to yeah. enter into a competition. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's telling us, like you say, it's telling the story. It, you, mm-hmm. you can almost hear the music. I know that sounds really I know, I know. <laughs> you, can almost, you can almost hear yeah. the plane chant. Um, yeah. I think it's great. I yeah. think Gasgall did amazing. Like, it is incredible when I'm Oh, it's a great it. model. I think it did so well. You know, it clearly touched a lot of people for it to come first when you think so like i wasn't surprised about the void dragon because the necrons are in the current startup so you're gonna get loads of people who are starting out in 40k getting necrons and seeing that amazing thing and being like that's great and they'll be all over the internet you know all the time and be voting for that sort of thing so i wasn't surprised he was in there but it was great to see gasgill up there i think because i um was sort of full-on powering into the hobby when armageddon the worldwide armageddon campaign happened yeah and gasgall got his metal miniature in that gasgall is really special to me yeah he's a lovely reason he's an incredible model like really 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 like really nice model to paint really nice model to build like he's just he's just a really really cool um i i have like said this with a couple of other people like i wasn't surprised that it was 440 uh 340k models i think the reason being is that and i know we you've got a aos section of of this uh podcast but just touching upon it briefly i think these some of the aos models are way over designed like some of the new uh not high what is the name for the high elves i can't remember what they're called but lumineth like like that character that's basically a hollow suit it's just way over the top. Like it's just, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, it's bonkers. Like as a, <laughs> it's just bonkers. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I was happy with the top three, but I, I was really hoping the trials and Catherine to come first because I just think it's incredible. So, I um, I voted for Barley and Butterbeer because <laughs> I just think that is an amazing model. It's because I love Lord of the Rings, like as a store as the books. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just think it's so characterful um, and so lovely. Uh, and then it, it just stopped me having to decide on any of the big things. <laughs> did you, what did, did you vote Ben? I did. What did you vote? Did you vote for Ragnar? Yeah, no, you did. Of course yes, you that's did. A yes. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I didn't. I voted for the Triumph. Did you? Yeah, I did. Because I just, I just, when I saw it for the first time, I, I, I genuinely thought they'd got, 
the heavy metal team and said, here's a bunch of bits, produce like an awesome diorama. And then when I found out it was a model, I, yeah. I'm assuming, James, that's what you voted for. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I I can't hide that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> it is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that's probably a good point to round out that section um, and head uh, into the very over-designed mortal realms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hi guys, and welcome to the Mortal Realms. The we've just spent the last five minutes talking about running horses, <laughs> how they should be modelled, but uh, and destroyed at least three models for me forevermore. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Convert them. But now I have to convert them, and that's the problem. I'm going to be there with a bloody lighter, bending legs. <laughs> what you could do though is actually sort of give in to your true heart's desire and just sell the elves and get the new Slanish. Look at that for a segue yeah. into what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> I have to be honest. Like if we take two years ago and said, Ben, which is the least awesome Chaos Army, or which one would be the one that you would never collect? I'd have said Slanesh without a moment's hesitation. Mm-hmm. After the last six months, I am, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I mean, not only did they do a blinding job of the of the uh, Keeper of Secrets, um, but all the realm ones that came out with that, we've already discussed them plenty of times, but like, the big dude with the demon sat on his little thing on his back is stupendous. But, I mean, literally the last episode, we said what we need is mortals for Slanesh. <laughs> and then over the last couple of episodes, they've, they've exploded. And they are fantastic. Yeah, they are. They are incredible. Brilliant. Um, so we've got what looks to be, I'll, I'll just quickly grab my phone out so I don't make a complete pig's ear of this because I never remember the names for anything. So we've got a a kit which can be made into the Slick Blade Seekers. Or the Bliss Barb Seekers. Um, one is basically a missile unit, and the other one is uh, with spears. And then they're mounted on the, the what they call the Demonette Steeds or the Demon something. Steeds of Snesh, isn't it? Steeds of Snesh. Yeah. They're flipping brilliant. They're, They've they're got amazing. the cool helmets that you just, Snesh have the coolest helmets. I'm sorry. Yeah. They, they really do. Um, they're the really dynamic, those Steeds as well, aren't they? Yeah, there's one dude who's basically so just standing up in his stirrups. And which... the mount and the mounts aren't drunk either. No. <laughs> Steeds of Slanesh can have as many feet on the floor as they want because yeah. no one's ever seen them run. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think they're fab. Um and then there's a second infantry kit called the Bliss Barb Archers to, to go alongside those kind of tougher Yeah. Um, units that we were released before Christmas. I think we've already spoken about, haven't we, Dan? Yeah, 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 we did. But, but um, still amazing. And uh, they're they're an archer unit um, with some weird stuff going on. There's a dude carrying like a, a burning sensor of skulls, 
Um, obviously i like the fact that they have absolutely perfected the art of heroic standing while shooting a bow yeah (laughs) there's a couple of epic ones who are like i it's like riker to go back to star trek when he does his standing on the chair but it's like the riker slaneshi riker with a bow which could absolutely happen Riker, if we're being honest, would fall to Slanesh. If <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the Tash. <laughs> it's the Tash. I mean, the guy's diplomatic missions was to basically knock up the, the commander of the other <laughs> Oh, amazing. I mean, the, the only one on there which it, is odd, but... So if we go to the... I can't remember, is it Diachasm? There's the kind of beastie thing in there that I thought was the odd one out, really. I, I didn't really get it all that well. But they've now released the Slangor Fiend Bloods. Yeah. And that just, they are, <laughs> they're like the Keeper of Secrets little dirty off breeds. They're just yeah. surrenders. And yeah, they're fantastic. They've done an incredible job with the whole entire range from what I've seen so far. Like they, it, I can understand why people have been waiting for it for such a long time. Um, obviously, Sonesh is the god that it is. Uh, and that's all I suppose I need to be saying about it. But the, the reality is, is that like to, to harness that and put that into models that still look great and do credit to the god as well as obviously remain decent models, let's put it that way. It's a difficult balance to, to maintain. But I think mm. I think they've done a very, very, very good job with it. And you know like that you can't fault them the models are absolutely incredible like they they really really are and i think i mentioned this in the preamble a little bit but like age of sigma models in my opinion are way way better in the sense of the overall quality of the sculpt design production all that kind of stuff i think that genuinely genuinely they tend to be a lot a lot better than other other game systems that are made by them um but yeah very 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 good like really cool um and they, they're painted incredibly. Like they've, they've done a really good thing with all the colours and everything on them as well. Yeah. So, so just they're just incredible. I love that fat dude on a cart. <laughs> I was about to say we saved the best to last. Yeah, the best one. The, the chaos chariot, war altar, palaquin of just hedonism is amazing, isn't it? Um, it's it, it it goes back to what we were saying about the triumph. It, it, it's a model that just tells this story, the yeah. whole story on its own. Yeah. So, I mean, what you've got on there, other than the two guys pulling it, are just horrific. <laughs> um, but you've got the the guy whipping them um, <laughs> with a cat and nine tails, which is yeah. fat. <laughs> and then behind that, you've got some dude with a, a a bowl of fruit to feed the big fat bloke on the on the palaquin. Who is just the most horrific thing? I mean, he's got his stomach sewn up, so I don't even want to know what's going on. Really, yeah, it's, it's incredible. But this champion with the sword is just yeah. on its own would be like it's a- like the, it's like the it's like the, the 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 sister at the front of the trial with the sword and shit. It's, it's, it's there's so many little intricate little bits that are just so 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 good. Like um, I, I was walking to the office when it first came up and i actually stopped because i had to look at it i was just like this is incredible like it's so good and then finally you've got you've got the priestess with the i'll, I'll say i'll say peacock feathers yeah but, but, but uh, whatever <laughs> some <laughs> similar bird amazing isn't it it's just yeah. but like i said to dan when it came out i mean it's an absolute it's a crazy crazy model yeah. it's fantastic but that that's a that's a month's hobby 
easy. Just, just anyway. it's, it's like the trial. It's like the same. Sorry to keep flicking back to that, but it, they're, no, no, they're, no. they're very, they're very like centerpiece. This is mm. all in one model. Like it's just, inc- yeah, genuinely very, very, very impressed with what they're doing with like these sorts of models. Like it only gets you, it gets you even more excited for things down the line, even with other AOS factions, you know, and stuff that maybe hasn't even been done yet. Like you know, it's just quality of it is just outstanding like with with the, with the models this is why this is why i say they're like they're there i'd say at least 10 years, decades in front of other miniature com- companies mm. like from what they're producing it's just bonkers it's um i love it uh you know when ben and i are very fortunate i i um when i worked for games Workshop, i went over to stockholm and trained in the store over there and i worked with max Fillet. Um, who um, who's now obviously in the heavy metal team and then when I ran Bristol I knew Aiden um, in the heavy metal team and and so but whenever we meet up with them obviously you know they they don't tell you what's coming because that would be outrageous but you can see in their eyes it's the glint of excitement <laughs> when they're talking about like you've not seen anything yet and mm. it's just like oh I'm so excited <laughs> so well, what's quite funny when you talk to them though is is that when you talk about the products that they've just released, they're like, I can't remember painting that. That's like, <laughs> no, it's like years, it's years, like, like a year, two years, like it's way in advance, like the stuff they do, like, you know, so, um, but I suppose because of the level of quality they produce, you've got to have that lead. You've got to have that. Lead yeah. Time, so, so, I mean, to paint that thing to every metal standard, I really would genuinely want to know how long it took the dude who did or maybe even like the whole and it could have been you'll, you'll probably though, wouldn't it? you'll probably have one or two people working yeah. on it together like you know like they, they you know they obviously all train and paint to exactly the same standard and you do find that certain people will paint like models in parity if that makes sense mm. um but yeah you'll probably have like like I keep bringing it up and it's not because I'm like the biggest Charles and Catherine fanboy ever but the reality I'm the reason I'm saying it is because just as an example or even with that Sunesh one you probably have one putting to work on each of the character models and then one and then person bring it will, together. Yeah, yeah, one person will do the do the actual the, the, the actual main thing or something. So yeah. Yeah. Hopefully when all this crazy pandemic is over, um, we'll get to meet up. And I you absolutely need a Triumph of St. Catherine t shirt. Probably, yeah. 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 In fact, the- you should just get the office staff and, and each one should have a different one of the characters on. <laughs> that would be great. And then you could just all carry a massive like Siege Studios icon as an advert <laughs> between you. That would be immense. So <laughs> basic, basic, basically create our own trial of St. Catherine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah essentially, yeah. The, yeah. the triumph of Siege, you can there call we go, it. Yeah. It would be brilliant. That's, right. Oh, whenever, whenever when everyone's back, that's that's being action. <laughs> Guys, I've got a new plan for marketing. <laughs> go entry into the next salute has to yeah. be done. Yes, yeah. that's, mate, that, that would is, be amazing. That is it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'd love it. Yeah, that's so, that's really good. We've we've all also been blessed with a couple of models over the last few days that um, are Age of Sigmar. So it's nice to see because I've I've felt like for a little while because well, it's the forty k release, wasn't it? But that we haven't had many Age of Sigmar stuff. But we've got the new store anniversary models. I mean, I don't know how long these are going to be on the shelf for, but I can't imagine Very long. that I hope they're going to be out for two years because of the pandemic this year. I think it could uh, could be difficult for everyone to get them, but the, the Beast Hunter carrying the, the the Beast 
what is the big beast thing's called? Minotaur. Um, I, 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 that I, looks I like a what it's called, head. but I know the one you mean. Yeah. yeah. Just dragging it along the floor with his whopping great axe hammer yeah you oh do. you think it's a gorgon or a side yeah i do head. i really do yeah. i don't know if it's quite that big it's what it's massive mate it's it's massive. Fair enough. just just look at the base and see how big the base is because that normally gives away the rough proportions of the miniature well it's a, a stormcast is on a 50 something base you know the term yeah yeah they're on 40 yeah they're on 40s yeah they're on 40 yeah 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 He's I like the angry. fact that he's got like an axe hammer because they yeah. because hammers and axes and can hammers it, it, and it, hammers it, and eagles, it, isn't it? They say so. Now he's got like you, you know, we've had dudes, it's brilliant. You can imagine the designers, right? We've had dudes with axes, yeah, yeah, we've got, got dudes with hammers, yeah, right. We know where this is going. <laughs> Let's have also is, an axe and a hammer. It, he gets he gets an additional attack in the game. Because he's got an axe on one end and a hammer on the other. Like the dudes with axes on both sides, they don't get an additional. They can possibly reverse their swing. This guy, yeah. <laughs> he it, it's an <laughs> it's a weapon that I think that um, has been long coming. Really, it should have happened a long time ago. He can't decide what he prefers to use, so they just thought I'd just do it all in one. Well, it's also it makes a lot of sense. Well, other than the fact it's it's so big, it would take, you know, Eddie Hall to lift it. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's um, it, it having a, a warhammer on having a blunt weapon on one side, and a and a cutting weapon on the other, and the skill to interface between the two would, does make a great deal of sense for a combat weapon, and you do see it. Um, but the thing about Age of Sigma is that there's there's so many varieties of combatants that having that ability to, because for example, a, a bladed weapon against a, a stormcast would be useless, utterly useless. Their armor would basically have been impervious to it, um, because bladed weapons don't don't cut armor very well. It's, no. Armor is designed to, to to glance it, but a hammer would make short work of it. Um, but ha- switch it the other way around. If I was mowing into some of those head knights of Slanesh. I'd want the blade every time because you'd be moving through flesh and bone like no trouble at all with that axe. So I get, I get where they're coming from technically as well. But like I said, you'd be you'd have to be any hole, any hole, five hundred kilograms <laughs> to be able to swing that bad boy with one hand. You know? when, whenever I see Eddie Hall now, I'm strongest man. I'm just going to imagine that 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 dumbbell or whatever it is he's picking up has got an axe there. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want, like, if you turn the model around, I want to see the other end is a sword, and then he can split it, and he's literally got a sword, <laughs> an axe and a hammer, and it's like, oh, yeah, Darth Maul of the, Bring, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Bring the pain. It's just uh, so amazing. Like, I, I mean, when Age of Sigmar first came out, um, I was at Games Workshop Cribs Causeway at midnight buying my box set um with a couple of other guys and we came home we got excited and we built the storm cars and then the corn and stuff and it's just great to see the evolution it's so good because there was an awful lot of emotion at that time when the old world died i mean i I can remember when because i was a big high elf fan the big four thousand points of high elves all painted up and when the cane book came out and there were no new miniatures and actually they killed Athari and the Grim and they killed this guy and they killed that guy and old fans sank. I was like, you're killing me. 
you're killing me. But I was determined when Age of Sigmar was announced and it came out to be like, right, I'm not just going to bitch and whine. I'm just going to jump in and give it a shot. And it's just so wonderful to see where it's gone and flipping love it. Mm. It's it's so good. So happy with it. But the thing is, the old world hasn't typically gone because the no, no, absolutely. Bringing it, they're bringing it, they're bringing it back. Admittedly, I think it's through Forge World in some point, but I think, I think you're going to be able to play play those things again. I think so. Like they, they realize that you know, I think the great they wouldn't have they wouldn't have the company they do if they didn't have the the, the, the hobbyists and people that spent the money and built the armies and done all of that. So you, mm. you you have to you know it's a bit of back and forth, but you have to at least give a function for those miniatures and collections that haven't seen the light of day for some time, I think. I think it's... And it's ace. You know, the old world setting is incredible. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it's the old world. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, and, um, you know, like, I'd, I'd really like at some point to get into the the uh, role play. Uh, yeah. Fantasy role play. Yeah. You know, it's really gritty. It's, it's brilliant. <clears throat> it's really good. But so is the Mortal Realms. Really yeah. good. You know, really, but- really cool. You, you gotta, you gotta feel feel sorry for all the Bretonian players because they're the ones, they're the ones that are like, well, I haven't got anything that matches what I done. But I, I still think within AOS, you're still gonna have. It, it may not be Bretonian, but I think you'll have something that comes out that ticks that box for them because they're not human gonna, recovery of some kind, yeah. Yeah, they're not gonna leave. They're not gonna leave that demographic of fantasy players just out in the brain, so to speak. You know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna do that. They'll, they'll suffice that. You know, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like with sisters. It's like with any faction that's not been around for ages. They then just drop it, and it's like, oh my god, like you know. So like, it's 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 well orchestrated. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think there's absolutely. a kind of they're in a good place with the old world actually because one of the things about a current timeline or a current living world like 40k, um, like Age of Sigma, is that. Uh, the way they've always done it, and we kind of almost naturally assume that it's the case, is that with a new release, you advance the timeline. We're not stuck in one place here. We're, we're moving forward all the time. So every new box set is a new campaign, and every um, you know new miniature range adds it. And the, the Tower are a really good example of that, and the, their codexes are literally like the story of the Tower Empire. Yeah. You put them all together and put them together, you, would, you can see the evolution of their technology, and even writes that into the text of the codex yeah um what warhammer fantasy battle now allows them to do is to is to can that entire approach completely so they can now go back and make models for the war of the beard and the characters that were in play in the war of the beard they can go back and make um the characters for any of the things that were written about in history that are just a thing in the past they were the yeah. kind of fabric that made the current world what it was but they weren't we didn't have the models you had to convert them um so i think it is actually the best thing that they could have done for warhammer fantasy battle is to kill it dead because he's stopping a timeline that had nowhere to go it had nowhere to go it was never going to go anywhere sensible it would have just sort of stayed the same forevermore whereas now you can go back over i mean for, for example they could now legitimately make Sigma and his early Empire of Man and have that period of history and have models for that timeline. And I think that that is that for me makes me even more excited about Warhammer Fantasy Battle. And the only way they could have ever done it um, is to stop the flow going forward. Yeah. 
to, to sort of stop it. Uh, we, 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 we all saw it, like you know, the the, the latter years of fantasy, like the, the models just didn't come off the shelf. Do you know what I mean? And and like yeah, and, and in the shops, didn't. and and you go into a, into a GW store, and ninety nine point nine percent of the demographic in there was playing forty k or painting forty k. Yeah. You know, I, I very rarely saw anyone painting other than the one loyalist that will always be in there painting whatever faction they played. There wouldn't be a new player, which is what I'm trying to get at. Like I, I think as a as a kid, with especially, and I think especially with with uh, the way society is and films and all this kind of stuff, you, you don't get when you think about it. Like Lord of the Rings is obviously the only thing really in in film that's come out that's got that fantasy aspect to it. Whereas the majority of films that come out are sci-fi. So for a prospective purchaser going into the shop. If you've got eight foot tall altar wielding space marines in the set in the future and you've got knights of the round table, which are they gonna relate to mostly yeah. when they go in the shop? Well, you'd think the sci-fi. And it just I think it's just a, a byproduct of other media that people have consumed or seen or whatever, I think. Um, yeah. It's a shame because I love I love I love the fantasy miniatures. I thought they're great. I remember when what was it when you had um the, the the gangs and you not gangs, but like the you the, the hired hired different I can't remember what it was called. It was you have to used to have the different um dogs of war. That's it, yeah, dogs of war. You could make an army out of all different types of units and they all had different special rules and things that they done. I remember the flying guys that looked like they had kites strapped to their back or like some um, of those were the best yeah, units they ever made. Yeah, they were brilliant. Like they were great. Yeah. Like the, the um, pikemen and the uh the guys with the siege shields, they were yeah. they were just absolutely wonderful. They were yeah. fantastic. They were awesome. Um but you know. I, AOS is still great. It's, it's brilliant, honestly. I can't, you can't knock it. The rules when it first came out about if you've got a beard, you've got certain powers or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. No, <laughs> no. But I was saying the rules when they first came out were a bit, a bit like, a bit wild. But I, I think it was just to have a laugh with it, really. But, um, but yeah, I think that's one of the things that they were trying to do. Honestly, was to was to stop people being so serious about it and, and reminding them that it is a game, although yeah. a bit of a so we do have one last thing to talk about new releases and it and it got dropped today i don't know if you've all seen it i haven't seen it no the star Starblood stalkers um were were previewed today so that's the new diachasm um seraphon warband um and so we now have the whole 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 lot of them so we've got a, a saurus um, comedian skink, three skinks, and then a, a skink. Um, oh yeah, the skink shaman. Yeah. Just looking at it now. They are wonderful. The saurus looks. The saurus is awesome. Angry as hell, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the fact that they, with the saurus, his shield is basically a punch weapon as well. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I suppose to use this to defend myself or smack him in the face. <laughs> I love it. It's really cool. The guy, the guy with the with the, with the I can't I don't know what model it is. I've only just literally just seen him. But the um the guy with the that's holding what I'd imagine to be like a golden egg aloft. Yeah, yeah. Is, quite, is 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 really cool. Like really really cool. He reminds me of the the special character model that they released. Um, the skink holding the heart. Yeah. Um, the source. Which I have that whole model apart from the arm holding the heart. <laughs> which i've gutted about um there we yeah. go yeah the saurus is angry as he's awesome yeah 
it just makes you excited to see what potentially you know what potentially they'll do with a with a full range or a, a larger range. I I one of the things that I I'm really excited for, for for the future of Age of Sigma is a redo of the Seraphon from that kind of ranked unit look that they have now into like the more dynamic designed to be on a round base like the, yeah. like the Stormcast and the and the uh, you know the brutes for example for the uh for, for the um iron jaws they are designed to be on a round base so they've kind of spread themselves out a bit um because i think you'd end up with models that are like that which is just fantastic they are great um the leader is called tixie tacker <laughs> <laughs> the diviner <laughs> is the saurus called Kick your hitty, ass up. Hitty, hitty, hitty <laughs> yeah. 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 The Saurus, uh, the, the Seraphon, really interesting because they've, they've moved on from initially, they were just the sort of remembered dreams of the slam. Um, but now there are actually physical spawning balls and stuff, which is quite cool. I did love, though, there's a great, there's a great bit of background in the, um, in the original Realm Wars books. Um, when Corn uh, uh, is getting a bit annoyed because Nurgle's trying to like take over Gyran, and then he, in a rage, he flings Scarbrand down, and Scarbrand's like rampaging through this clearing, and he comes across just a Slan Mage priest, and he's like, Rrr! and then the Slan just starts like bringing into existence like whole armies of um, Lizardmen or Seraphon. Uh, and it's just like Scarbrand versus everyone. <laughs> brilliant. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, so so they're pretty cool. Um, the next, the little thing at the end was pretty cool, though, as well. The sort of, I don't know if you've seen the article, but you had this guy, yeah. this here. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, ooh. That's um, a vampire. Yeah, you said vampire. I, I, yeah. I think he's got sort of a dark elfy feel as well i'm really convinced that we're going to see some form of witch hunter slash vampire hunter slash inquisitor um and and vampires like more like a more vampire-y kind of thing well there was one one of the models in that like little video they did right on christmas day or whenever it was had stakes didn't he yeah little stakes in his belt and they're awesome and they've got rid of the last inquisitor model for some reason, and it was a good model. So, the witch hunter model, you yeah, mean. the witch hunter, yeah. So, I, 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 I kind of think of them as inquisitors after that book that I read. I've forgotten the name of it now. Oh, the the Age of Sigma one, where's the old? Oh, I know the the Callis. Is it Callis? Yeah, Callis and Toll. That's it. Yeah, he he, he yeah. came. He he. They described. I think they called them inquisitors. But they are so good. So there we go. That's our little roundup of Age of Sigma and a a retrospect on Worm of Fancy Bell. Cool. So, what we're going to do now is go into the community and quiz you, James, on uh, Siege Studios. That's perfectly perfectly fine. Cool.
glorious community. Thank you for getting all this way through. Um, broken up a bit today. You don't just have to listen to Ben and I. So it's hopefully <laughs> been a little easier on your ears to get to this part. Um, as we've said, and, and you've hopefully noticed by now, uh, we have James Otero from Siege Studios uh, with us today. And we wanted to take the opportunity really in this section to talk about Siege, James. Um, you know, how, why you decided to do it. Um, where you are now because obviously you've grown quite a bit um, and the things you've done along the way um, yeah. would, would be great mate so yeah if, if you want to kick off with telling us a bit about what the inspiration was and and take it from there no okay uh yes yeah. so I, I i got into like like models and stuff at night like well i got into 40k and stuff when at like nine years old like my nan bought me um uh, a bag of like in a charity shop just some space marines in a bag as you do like someone just you know giving them into a charity shop and obviously i saw them and saw guns and things on them and i was like wow these are amazing so uh, obviously my nan sort of was the the culprit for me spending loads of money on toy soldiers for the rest of my life um but before that like um i i'd been doing models and things but like airfix kits like my granddad um was uh, in the second he fought in the second world war like he he didn't fight in mainland europe he was like an anti-aircraft gunner in london and he knew every world war ii aircraft you could shake a stick at and took me to bovington took me to like all these places like as a young kid duxford national you know all the museums in london like so I've been doing models like sticking the wings on Spitfires and things the wrong way around or upside down or whatever, like at a young <laughs> age. And like, and, 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 like, you know, um, but as a kid, like my mum used to, rather than just buying me toys or things, she'd like just in the summer and spring, she'd put me in like the back garden with a long roll of like blank wallpaper and just with like six paints. And I'd be just happily painting outside in the garden all day long, you know, like obviously not in winter because they'd, they'd be done for not being good parents but the, the, reality, the reality is is that i was kind of doomed to to kind of be involved in that kind of thing from from when my nan got me those models obviously i found out what all hammer was uh done the whole thing going to games workshop shops as a kid like as a young kid like 15 16 whatever blah blah not, not painting very well and and then starting to paint a bit better and so on and so forth and then in school i i paint stuff for my friends like you know they'd ask me oh can i give you like this a little bit of money and whatever sixth form happened again i was like playing um painting stuff for people um and then like uh i had a big break like i'm like i'm sure all of us have like uh, had a huge break where i got involved with bands and music and touring and like records and stuff all this kind of stuff so i did that um that all fell to pieces after everyone wanted to settle down with girlfriends and get jobs or, you know, got offered different things in companies and whatever. And I still wanted to be in bands. So I, I came back home to nothing really. Um, went into a loft, found my Warhammer and it ignited all over again. Um, I started painting as I did and I started recording crappy videos on YouTube. Um, had a little bit of following on there or whatever. And then like um, a couple of, guys like saw what I was doing and messaged me directly and said like look we like what you do we, we paint models for other people and um, wondered if you wanted to be involved and do some sort of painting for other people like for, for clients and things I was like yeah okay I, I'd been in recruitment as a recruitment consultant on and off around bands and then after that ended I was in recruitment for quite some time afterwards like just as in my job um, and the guys that I was painting for just it wasn't very professional being honest and obviously the recruitment industry is extremely professional like really like regimented like there's governing bodies and all this kind of stuff and obviously 
in in our industry it's more seen as a hobby so obviously the people that i was working with were running it more like a hobby if that makes sense and and there were things that i just wasn't happy with so i i, I had initiative in since starting stuff in the past like with bands and all this kind of stuff and i just thought right i'm going to try and do commission painting and i'm going to try and do it as professional as possible and, and set something up that is a lot more professional for the client for the business for all that kind of stuff um and that's kind of where siege started um I set up the business in 2013, like the beginning of 2013. Um, I incorporated it as a limited company in August of 2014 after like a year and a bit of doing it just on my own in a crappy little uh, flat above a chemist's. Um, and then and then out of nowhere, like I saw that Matt at Mini Wargaming was looking for people to paint stuff for Mini Wargaming. I sent him an email with some pictures of my models. He then emailed me back within a day or so. I painted a load of the Mini Wargaming chapter. Uh, like they're, uh, I can't remember what they're called now, but they're, they're, I painted a load of the green and yellow marines that they've got for their chapter. They done a video on YouTube, which they said they're doing return for me painting some stuff for them. And I was going up to Warhammer World with one of my friends for like a Battle Brothers uh, weekend, and my phone was just going like bonkers. Like I didn't know what the hell was going on, and, and I completely, all, all, all no jokes aside, I'd forgotten that they said they were going to put a video up. And then I woke up. Yeah, like the second morning because it was like a stay over for that tournament i woke up on the second morning with like nearly 1500 emails and i was just <laughs> i was just like I, I i don't know what i'm gonna do so it was either like not suffice that or grow and and that's where i started getting some friends involved like to paint stuff and then i obviously started saying look i need people to join the company and help me paint on a freelance basis Eight years later, um, we have an office in Wickford in Essex with seven members of staff. There's 42 painters that work for the company. Um, yeah, it's just gone mad. So I created a monster, <laughs> so, so uh, it's it's gone it's gone it's gone a bit crazy. Um, you know, I, I the one thing I would say is I've, I'm daily, weekly, monthly, I'm humbled by this business and how it does, and and what people say, like customers and 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 things. You know. Um, the industry is a bit like the wild west you've got lots of people who obviously it's not as commercialized as obviously other industries and things that i've worked in like um but uh and there's no regulation so it's not like a like even though and i uh, this is something that some people don't agree with me on but like commission painting is a trade that and that's i'd firmly firmly believe that it's a skill that's been developed and it's time invested on painting better and time experience um, it's much like a carpenter, like a plumber, like an electrician. You have to study, you have to get better. You have to, you have to study for commission painting, but you need to practice to get good. If that makes sense. And, and so I don't see it as anything dissimilar. Um, but the difference of our industry is that it's, it's not regulated. There's no governing body. There's no, these are the standards, uh, different people's uh, uh, perceptions and understandings of quality are very, very different. Um, and, and that's essentially it really. Like, you know, it's, um, I, I tried to build Siege to be the most professional and the, the, the best running company that I physically can offering the, the, the highest level that, that I would like to think that we have in the industry. And that's really what Siege is. And I, and I do try and remain as humble as possible. Um, even though I'm the owner, like I, I'm not the stereotypical boss, which I, I really can't stand within companies. I saw it day in, day out in recruitment when you'd walk into a company and it was like a spider sense. Like I could tell when there was a them and us culture in the company, like, yeah. I can't stand that. Like I used to hate that. And and the thing is, is oh, sorry about that. Um, the thing is about that is that like, um, I think when you've got someone who's not a leader and who's a boss and who has never done the job, but expects you to do it, there's a lot of resentment and well, you've never done it. So how would you know? Whereas with siege and with what I've done, like I, I, I took my hand off the tools about three years ago 
to run the business as it's grown and grown and grown. But I think the, the understanding is that people, the, the members of the team, I wouldn't have the business I have if it wasn't for the team. It's a true 50-50 symbiotic relationship. Obviously, Siege is the company that it is. It brings in the work that it does. We have the reputation that we do, whatever the case may be. But all the guys that are in the team, if I didn't have the, the people working for the company that I do, it would be me in a dingy little flat with brushes in between my toes and my hands and in my mouth trying to paint all these models. So <laughs> so, so, so the reality is, yeah. is that, you know, I, I'm never going to be as an, as an owner. And I always use the word owner rather than boss um, because I, I own the company, but I'm still a painter first and foremost. And I'm still a member of the team, even though because I have to run it, I don't typically paint many miniatures for the business other than maybe some things for different projects that we do. Um, and that's really what we do. You know, we're, we're a full service. We've got four different levels of quality, uh, ranging from bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. Our bronze is an above tabletop minimum standard, which is a premium gaming, which is very, very, really well-painted gaming miniatures. Silver's, mm-hmm. silver's display, gold is box art, and platinum is competition quality. And when I mean competition quality, I'm not talking people who claim to be competition painters. I'm talking we have Slayer Sword winners, Golden Demon winners, ex heavy metal that work for the work for the business in our senior team and that paint to our highest standard, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that gives you a bit of an idea of, of the levels that are involved in the business. We we do all facets of, the, of it from building, cleaning, uh, sculpting, converting, freehand, the lot, if that makes sense. We've got a dedicated person that does freehand banners. Um, we've got a new service which we're launching in the end of January, which is which is called Custom Service, which is our completely bespoke miniature design and creation service and that's traditional sculpting with uh with miniatures if that makes sense it's not like 3d or anything like that um uh and and that's basically what siege is you know um i've i live eat breathe sleep this business day in day out i'm 34 i'm not married i don't have kids um so that kind of gives you a bit of an idea as to where where siege is and what where we've come from um you know i i went full-time around about four years ago um left recruitment after being mucked around after losing my mortgage because of a bonus promise that was never delivered and um and uh and yeah that was it you know i just you know i, I jumped in feet first goggles and speedos and, and got on with it so so um you know it's just it that that's that is what siege is and where it's come from and and, and the sort of culture and modus operandi of the business you know um i want to be the market leader and i want to give the best quality and best service that i physically can so so yeah, any questions you've got, I'll answer them fully in black and white. I I love that drive and passion, mate. And I and I've always thought, you know, before you contacted us a, a fair time ago and whatever, you guys have always come across your website, your brand, and everything that's really professional. And I and I just think Thank that's you. ace. I, I really do. I think that's really cool. And it's it's just great to hear your passion. That's the bit. It's the passion. Um, I do think you know the fact that you've got uh no 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 kids and you're not married is exactly why you are the thinnest one of the conversation here uh and the, and the healthiest that's that's, 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 that, that's that's all stress that's all stress dan it's not, that's, that's what it is it's all it's all stress i promise you i promise i promise you it's stress um yeah no um it's yeah it's it, I, as i said like i am truly truly humbled every single day like there are things like um, I mentioned obviously in the, the sort of preamble with, with the building that we're in, you know, I went from my dingy little flat to another flat. And then when my work and home just merged into the same thing, I was like, I need an office. And then I got an office, one room. And then within the building, there was two, two rooms on the top floor. We moved 
into the second room on the top floor. We've been there for a couple of years on the two rooms on the top floor. And then before Christmas, uh, the tenants downstairs, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, had to leave the building. It freed up the floor downstairs. And then we've moved into the floor downstairs as well. So it's it's just been like over Christmas, like going, well, I've got two floors of a building now. And I'm like, this thing was like above a really crappy little chemist in a flat that really shouldn't have been rented out. Like it, it just to, to, to where it is now, I'm just like, yeah, it's it's it is like a child for me. Like it is that the 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 the, the care and 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 what I put into it and what I've done. You know, like you know, the fifty percent of that, and then there's the whole other fifty percent, which is all the incredible team, which I'm so fortunate to work with on a daily, weekly basis. That are the other half of the business, which makes Siege what it is, as well as everything that got it to that point where I needed other people. Is it's just yeah, it, um. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's a it's a real real journey that I, I I would if anyone ever thinks oh yeah like starting your own business is easy I promise you it isn't <laughs> I promise you it isn't <laughs> like you know um for the first for the first three years like after the whole mini war game in email bomb explosion thing like like I was working recruitment still like 50, 60 hours a week doing phone calls to candidates while cooking dinner while doing CG hours and like it, it felt like I, I I had no life but. I knew that I wanted to get out of recruitment and there was something that forced me to, like I mentioned, I, I got mucked around really badly for, 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 for my end of year and, and, and lost my mortgage. So I was like, right, well, I've got 30 days holiday. See you later. There you go. And then I found out like after that weekend, cause it was a Friday that like one of my friends who still worked there, the, the director turned around and said, Oh, well, James has left us. He's gone to paint toy soldiers. And then and like, he tried to make a joke of it. And that fired me up even more. Cause I was like, not only have you mucked me around for my, for my mortgage and, what I was trying to aim for be ridiculed in what I'm trying to do. So I, I just, it, yeah, it just, it just made me just be like, right, I'm going to make you eat your words. And, and it sounds aggressive and it sounds like thingy, but it put that fire in me to push hard, if you know what I mean. So, mm. so, so yeah. So you mentioned the pandemic, um, that, that crazy thing that seems to have impacted everyone. I know you and I discussed it before we started recording, but how, you know, how's the year been for you guys? Uh, what are the changes, things like that? How have you found it? It's um, I in any years that I've worked in any industry, this year has been like the hardest thing I've ever experienced for work. Like, and I'm not trying to pull a sympathy card. I know that there are people who have lost family members. There are people who have lost their jobs. Lost. I know all this stuff. And like to be able to sit here and say I've got a business that's still functioning at ninety percent through a worldwide pandemic with multiple lockdowns is a position of privilege, and I understand that. But I think it's only when you're in the shoes of going through that process that you, that you do only think about your issues, if that makes sense. As bad everything's as relative, yeah, everything's relative. Know, um, like obviously not having people in the staff with with the back and forward we've had where we can be a meter apart, we can't be in the same room, we can't be doing this. Like operating in an office, trying to have conversations about things where you, where instantaneously when you're in the room you can just talk to the person and they give you an answer or you you can talk about something or do a certain aspect of the job that you need to do or whatever so then I have to go and go right well I've got to phone that person now to speak with them or I've got to set up a zoom conference with that person or I've got to speak to that person uh, through whatsapp and wait for a reply and all that it it adds a lot of time wastage for waiting on replies or things like that and then not having every member of the team from the office that can do their job digitally from home is fine but then there are duties in the office that is maybe 20% of that person's role or 5% of that person's role or 15 that I then have to do as well as the, being as the only person who can be in the office or is in the office. It's just, 
it, you know, I've become, I'm glad I watched a lot of Fireman Sam while I was a kid because now I know what it's like to be a firefighter. So mm. it's, 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 you know, that, that it's not been easy. Things that are normal with us as a business have been stretched, you know, being, I would always be black and white and all cards on table. Like it's been difficult to operate as normal and as, and I would not, I don't want to use the word professionally because I always try and do things as professional as possible, but it's made certain things take longer than normal because we've had either a backlog of what, and this is before we talk it about like games workshops, stopping production and model supply for nearly three and a half months, you know, and, and people looking in projects that we're supposed to order models for, but we can't, we can't get them. I've had to do late night car park exchanges for primaris models that like, looks like I'm doing some dodgy drug deal. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've, I've had to do crazy things to try and make sure that projects move forward. But if you'd have said to me at the beginning of the year, you better, sit down because you're going to need all the rest you can get it's it's just been crazy being frank like you know like um i, I you know I, as i said in the preamble before we started earlier today like i've got friends that got businesses that have been running for 10 15 years that have had to close shop and just completely close down their businesses like and and it, it's just a massive thing to consider and think about especially when you have it's not just me in a little flat anymore you've got painters that have mortgages that have kids that have uh dependencies that have all these different things and this is before we talk about the issues raised with confinement that um that working in your own and not seeing any family or friends like mental health and all these things there's so much that has become apparent over the this last year because of everything that's going on um you know so much so that at the beginning in i think it was may of this year or whatever like we set up um, an employee assistance program. So like free counseling, 24 hours a day, six, seven days a week and free. And you can't take the physical six, each team member gets six face-to-face sessions, but obviously in a lockdown, you can't do that. Like, but every member has got access to like online counseling because, or telephone counseling, because it's something that I feel that is apparent in that, that it needs mm-hmm. to be there, whether you've got a pandemic or not, you know, um, there's just, yeah, it's, there's been lots of negatives, in operating that you've had to just deal with but then there's also been some silver linings like for example we're using zoom obviously you know like now that part of the standard process of dealing with the client when they send in their specification is for us to do a 10-15 minute zoom call with that client to sign off the specification rather than simply reading it and then going back to the client saying yeah that's fine so now we actually have a video call with every client after a specification comes in. So there've been little things that like we've gone, oh, that's actually really useful. We're going to use that moving forward, despite the worldwide pandemic, um, you know, like recruiting somebody for our new storeroom or the, the one of the rooms on the first floor that we've got. Like um, I never thought I'd have to recruit somebody through a Zoom call, you know, like I've had to do two, two or three Zoom call interviews with this person that started with us on Monday and I've never met the person, but they've got the job. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's extremely different from any normal thing like uh, that you'd expect. And this is in an industry that is very different from any other industry. So yeah, it's a, uh, so, sorry to long winded answer, but um, no, no, that's all right. But um, it's yeah. going to be really interesting, isn't it? Like you mentioned zoom. And I think like today, Joshua uh, attended a zoom party. And there was somebody whose business was clearly like they, they literally they were like the party leader and they had like a set up like a little studio with like whatever their company name was and then was like engaging all the kids and stuff. Um, and like he's doing schooling from home oh. at the moment and stuff like that. And like there's me at 30, 33 and Zoom was like a new thing and like, whoa, video calling and oh, my goodness. Whereas 
for the kids it's going to be like normal mm. <laughs> isn't it yeah. yeah you know um so yeah it's uh i'm really i have to say i'm quite um get, with the, the risk of getting a bit deep i'm i'm pretty moved that you've done that employee assistance i think that's pretty awesome man because so i'm really lucky because raw mail offer that and i've used it and i've ben and i've been very open about where we've been and and things we struggled with and and i have to say like it it's really friggin helped me at some difficult times so to have yeah to have put that in place for your employees is um is a big deal i i i think and this is and again i'm 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 not here to come across in any certain certain way certain way like i would rather just be you know come across hopefully as black and white as transparent as i always try to be like um i'm i'm human like anybody else and i've had issues and i've had things that i've i've needed to speak to people about and all these kind of things and i think it more boils down to the fact there's there's two things i think for me as a business owner are very uh, close to my heart like i think as much as i I did enjoy the years in recruitment and doing recruitment. I think it taught me a lot of lessons about how to deal with staff and treat staff and, and to not see them as just a cog in a machine or as an asset, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I think I, I had one of the key main things of people when they used to come searching for a new job is, Oh, why are you, why are you looking to me? Oh, I don't like my boss. I don't like my, the company I work for. They don't treat me very well. They don't value me. You never have people coming to you saying they're leaving a company for, for positive things. If that makes sense. Like it's always like, they don't value me or they don't do this or they don't do this, uh, you know, and most of the things like uh, within siege are, I, I designed from a painter's perspective, like when Joe or Louise in the office and we're talking about a meeting, I kind of take the hat off of the owner and go, right, well, first things first, how's it going to affect the painters and what are they going to think? Because I, I was one and still am one, but I don't do the job, but I need to be that point of protection for them in the office, if that makes sense. Like, cause I am mm. one of those what I am the paint I am a painter as well. So like and that's one of the things. So I've kind of combined that mindset of right, well I've got without them, the business wouldn't be what it is as the uh, 50%. And I need to make sure that they feel valued because that's part of it. So of course, obviously again, remaining as professional as possible and not naming any names in the company. Like I know that there are people that have had things that they need and, and I, I always say to them that if you need to call me, call me for anything like doesn't matter like doesn't if it's not project related you can call me if you want to chat i'll help you move house or paint a fence or whatever if you need some help i try to be a step up to that 50 percent line for everybody because then they they know that it's not just about work and it's just like they have got someone they can talk to but i realize that i have to flip it from the other perspective if you're an employee and you go to someone that essentially is i hate using the word boss but he's your boss or a manager or whatever and you show not weakness but you show that there's something afflicting you your fear is that that they're going to think more negatively of you. So that's why I thought, well, the EAP is a really good way and, and like employee assistance program is really good. So they have like a, a completely unbiased person that they can speak to and any worries they can just get, have that. Cause it's the worst thing when you've got concerns to not talk to people, like it's the worst, like, you know, yeah. you know, like I, I live on my own, like my other half lives up North, like my parents aren't in the country. So I kind of know what that feels like to an extent, but, but at the same time, like, I, I do have avenues to be able to talk to people if that makes sense for me. Like, but some people don't, they aren't, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit of an extrovert, so I can openly talk to people quite easily for myself, but some people don't. And then, and, and you need someone who you, once you put that phone down, you're not going to have them judging you or thinking about you or in that sense, you can just vent and get it off your chest. You know, it's hugely important. Um, you know, and I think it gives, especially during the pandemic, especially during all the things that we're doing, like, 
it's crucial because you don't want that stuff bottling up because <laughs> it comes out on the palette and it comes out on the models as well. So, so you know, um, but but yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's important. But the year has been horrible in in a nutshell. Like uh, it's not been any way, shape, or form normal. Like um, when Games Workshop stopped making miniatures for three months or however long it was, that's a clear example of, of why it's it is what it is. You know, so um, so yeah. I think, it's, I think it's great that support you've given. Eh? To bring it back to to, to to sci-fi again, you know, there's a reason why there was a counsellor on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, exactly, worked, exactly, they, yeah. They worked it out then, and it's almost like we've forgotten that even in those, even people on the on the flagship of this, you know, Federation flagship, yeah. will need someone to talk to who isn't Picard. Yeah. You know, it is, I think it's, it's a really cool thing, but I like. I wanted to pick up on something you said earlier because it's the industry that you're in. It is really a very new one. Really, it's it's certainly not much more than twenty years old. No, in, correct. People were doing it before that. They were doing it on a very small scale. But yeah, you know, now things like in the, in the hobby industry, things like Siege uh, Siege Studios and Little Legend and various other people your household names, you know, people, almost everyone I talk to knows, you know, Siege Studio. And I liked what you were saying about how industry standards. Yeah. I think there's somewhere to go with that because when you look at things like I have a, I have friends who are blacksmiths, for example, mm -hmm. um, there, there are industry craftsman standards that you, you can choose not to, but you could also choose to, become a member of the Guild of Blacksmiths or get yep. blacksmith qualifications. So, and then you know if you go to a blacksmith that has got, you know, a member of the Guild, that they have been required to produce and then have scrutinised certain things. I think, like, one of them is a leaf, for example, or a, and a gate. or Yeah. And, and then, like, a bunch of incredibly experienced people will look at that and go, yeah, that's good enough. This person can be in a Guild. And I do wonder sometimes where, I mean, you're right, there's so many people who claim to be competition standard and claim to be this, that and the other. And eBay, the eBay joke yeah, painted yeah. Is, is a real thing. And I have often thought, wouldn't it be cool if there was some kind of guild or something where pro, um, pro painters, li literal pro painters, you know, people who do it for money can can produce a model or produce certain things, have them vetted, um, so that when they when they present themselves, they can say I'm guild accredited. Well, I'm, I'm just yeah. No, you're you're hundred percent right, and 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 I I firmly agree with you. Like I do. Um, it's the reason why it's di it's different and it's difficult, and this is the main crux of the problem is that unlike, say, for example, carpentry or electrical work or any other trade, the physical object or task once completed is the way that it is. And like when you make a table or a chair or you make a joist or you make any of these things, it is that way. Mm -hmm. However, this is art and art will always be in the eye of the beholder. One of the analogies that I always use is if you go to uh, if you go to the Louvre and you see the Mona Lisa, your expectation of that is it's this phenomenal painting. It's huge and whatever. And I, I know before I actually physically saw it, I thought it was going to be this incredible masterpiece painting. When you actually see it, it's this tiny little thing 
And the reality is, is that your perception of something, it, it can, your, my perception of it can be very different from somebody else's because it's art. So one person will look at it and be like, that's an incredible painting. It's worth millions. The other person will be like, that's worth that much, but look how tiny it is. And it's how, look at it. It's not painted. I don't think it's painted very well. So you kind of amalgamating, uh, you're amalgamating a trade yeah. with artistic create creation that is just is taken upon and decided by people in different ways mm -hmm. so so it's a very difficult thing and that's that's why i don't think there is any accreditation believe me coming from recruitment that is more regulated than than any system ever like you background checks cvs uh passing exams all this kind of stuff to then go to an industry where it's like right well we do this and we do it this way and other people do it another way but there's no universal this is how it is done that's why sage as a company pays out lots of money on an annual basis for trust pilot it's enough it's not a, a, a an international uh, governing body but it's a third party review site that we can't physically tamper with and we can't go oh here's fifteen thousand reviews they're all fraudulent or whatever blah blah we we, we the reviews that are on there are reviews of, of the business if that makes sense you know by yeah. a third party so it's not accreditation but it is a form of accreditation if that makes sense but yeah. Without going into too much detail, because it, and I don't mean this obviously that this is Siege is a business at the end of the day, but Siege has inherently within it something that from day one I created, which is a, which is our own form of internal regulation, which is which is in tandem with the levels that we offer. So every team member understands the levels that we offer and understands what credentials are for each of those levels and what the minimum expectation is for each of those levels, if that makes sense. So we don't have a public governing body that go in the industry. These are the guidelines for tabletop because everybody knows that tabletop is like, I don't know, it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack because everybody's is so different. It, it is, it is a, we have our own internal regulation that means that all the team know these are the standards. This is where minimum expectation. This is what has to be done for us as a company. What other people choose to do is down to them. Like when I started the business and I'm, I'll quite happily admit this, like, when I started the business, I made one major error in the setup of it, which is that I didn't make copywritten level names for our levels. I just went bronze, silver, gold, platinum because I like those names and I thought they 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 offer a perceptional value to the to the tier, if that makes sense. I should have done copywritten names that are purely accredited to Siege because then they couldn't be copied and that would have strengthened a little bit more what we offer. But there are other companies now, remaining professional, that have used those 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 name those level color level names and we get people say to us oh well, they're level five or their bronze is this or their silver is this and it's like well you can't compare that because it's not like going to an electrician and going can you can you you wire me up this circuit and you wire me up this circuit you know they're going to be essentially the same because they've got to follow the accreditation it's like one person will do it one way one person will do it another and and that and that's the real sort of gray area which i hate i do hate gray areas but that's the one thing about our industry without trying to chew your ear off about it. I can honestly talk, <laughs> right. talk about, I can also, I can honestly talk about it for ages and, 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 I, and I, I don't want to rattle on, but the reality is, is that I've tried to put in place something which forms that purpose within the company. Uh, and that's why one team member can do something and it looks exactly the same in the sense of quality as what another team member does is because we've got that strict and stringent process that's indoctrinated from day one and agrees to from day one, if that makes sense. Like every team member is contractually linked to the business. There's no sort of like shake of a hand. It's, it's paperwork contracts for everything. Like we are 
more water well a lot more water tight than the titanic so like i should hope so yeah it's, it's like you know it's 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 you know it's 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 something that's part of it and that is the the business side of it if that makes sense but um but that's useful for people to know because i think one of the things that um is, is always a problem with um with with a lot of industries and not just the painting industry is, is knowing what you're going to get for your money and i know dan has had experiences where He's handed over models to people and they've not come back or they've oh. come back in a different state than he was hoping. I've never I think, used I think, service, yeah. but, but um, knowing and hearing you talk about the, the levels of you know, control that you've got within the, the company, that's sort the of standards. I think people will find that really helpful because actually that's what, that's what I wanted to hear. You know, it's, it's what I think that people want to hear is that, when they go to Siege, it doesn't matter which one of your 42 painters are painting their bronze level model. They are going to get what lo- it looks like in the pictures. And yeah. I had a good old flick through your website earlier. And, you know, there, there's plenty of photographs. I mean, it's not just like here's one photo of a bronze. There's yeah, there's dozens and dozens of photographs. And I'm I'm pretty sure I'd, 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 I'd get... I know what I get, if that makes any sense. The, the thing, the, the really important thing is like, and this is the thing like that I, that I've got to be honest, like up front, like I essentially was on my own in the office up until about about a year and a, a year and a half. So Joe, my artist manager has been with me for a year and a half. And his first words upon coming in the office were where the hell is everybody else? And I went, it's just me. And he went, what? I went, it's just me. He went, what you're telling me everything that I've seen so far is in all the stuff online. I went, yeah. And he went, okay. And he, he didn't, and the thing is, it's like, in the in the office, like the photography, because I didn't have the time to, to and when I say edit, I mean like slap the logo in the corner, all that kind of stuff. Like the photos were just taken on like a, an iPhone five for like f- <laughs> f- for six and a half years. And Joe was like, the first thing I'm changing coming because he came in to do split artist management and media, as in like digital media, was like I'm making sure we use we put logos on photos and, and he was like, I understand why you've done it the way you've done it because you just want people to see it at face value. This is what it is well lit but no alterations at all whatsoever and he was like i will run with that always for the rest of the time of this business however you've got to do little things that just obviously like put logos in the corners and all this kind of stuff i was like yeah that's fine that's not a problem the reason i didn't do it is because i didn't have time so like the, all those little things like the photos that you see and all of that they're not they're not played around within the back end they're literally dslr or, a, or an iphone 11 or, or 10 and it's literally just logo in the corner done because again remaining professional you things can be changed you're right okay there's there's plenty of software and stuff that allows you to change certain things like saturation or like you know you should see my tinder profile (laughs) 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 you know so 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 it's really important that for me that first perception of when a client receives a product from us and i do consider it a product as much as it's you know an army or someone's passionate creation that they've created like I want them to see the photos they get upon completion and I want them to receive the parcel, open the parcel and go like for like. The biggest thing for me is like, oh, I've got it and it's not the same or I've got it and it's not right. There are many ways to counteract that and that's in a stringent spec writing process for the client, which is something we operate. Like it is extremely strict and it has to be strict. We don't do any form of quoting through social media messenger. Like I hate messages. How much is this through Facebook Messenger or, or Instagram Messenger? We're a professional business. Go to the website, complete a contact form, send it in. We don't talk about 
anything through social media because it's not considered professional. It's considered, oh, I'm just talking to someone on the end of a messaging service. It's, it is super important for us as a business. And I know that lots of people do stuff through social media messenger. It's just not, I don't think it conveys professionalism or a regimented process because what's someone could come back in a week's time and go, oh, I actually want them yellow rather than pink. You know, like it, it just, it, it doesn't convey that for me as a, as a, as, a, as an owner of a company. Like, um, so, so yeah, like you, you are hundred percent right. Like, you know, it, it's, our industry hasn't been around for a very long time. It's not like it's been, you know, like, like you were saying, like blacksmithing or like electrical work or like carpentry has mm. not been, a, but our industry is not very commercialized because it's seen as a hobby and it's seen as a, seen as a pastime that you do to enjoy, which it is. And like when I'm outside the office, I'm a hobbyist like everybody else. I love a certain faction. I paint models of a certain faction. I have love certain books, certain characters, all that kind of stuff. But when it's in the office and then we do work, it, it is a business and you have to treat it that way. Like the moment you let that hobby slip in, you just, it's not going to work. You know, it's not going to work. And, 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 and unfortunately GW, which I'm the biggest GW fanboy ever. They are a business. Believe me, they don't do what they do for, for passion or for hobby. They do it because it's a business. And, and, and the thing is, is like our industry is getting more and more commercialized. So you're seeing loads of things that are happening. Like, for example, now the digital, the media side of it, we've, we've got short films that are being made left, right and center. Like there's loads of things that are pushing us forward and more forward on that's going to become, make the industry even more commercialized than it is. And, and it won't, it's still be a hobby, but it will have this whole aspect to it that is there are businesses that, that that turn over money from producing products or doing services and it's a commercial process if that makes sense um you know it, i'm not trying to belittle hobby and i love hobby and i love i've got that all in part of me it flows through my veins like everybody else but i, I treat my business i treat my business like a, like a business if that makes sense um you know um, i think that's really important to it so again long-winded but i hope it answers the question no, no, yeah. it's great. It's great. That it, it's the passion again. I, I did chuckle earlier when you were talking about the the Louvre gallery because um, I I will never forget the fact that I rang my dad and he'd gone to Paris and um, my dad is a Cornishman through and through and I I won't tell you all of what he had to say about Paris because it certainly would not be appropriate. Um, but <laughs> he, one thing he did say to me is that he said, oh, I said to him, well, did, did you go to the Louvre, Louvre gallery? And he said, yeah, he said, but it's just a load of bloody pictures. And <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just, I just cracked up. And I just thought, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, dad. You know, but if you go to a, if you go to a traction engine rally with a load of old tractors, he'd be made up. So, uh, but then to be fair, I'm not much different. No, that's uh, fine. That's, did make me no did make me chuckle. That's my um, scientist. Yeah. So something I want to touch about, obviously, you've you've had a bunch of opportunities to collaborate with people mm-hmm. um, as Siege. So Artis Opus is the big one that sort of springs to my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned SNN, you've mentioned um uh mini wargaming, which I I they were their videos got me through so like a year's worth of painting stuff just having them on so you know how how did how did those sort i mean you mentioned mini wargaming anyway but how did those come about then what especially like artist opus you know creating brushes yeah all, all cards on the table um artist opus is my other business so um i'm, I'm one of the owners of artist opus um i uh, 
long story short, I approached a brush manufacturer back in the day and said, look, this is my business. I've got 20 painters that use your brushes. Uh, I'd very much like to work with you and push your brushes through, through my business. They flat outly said, sorry, we don't work with any companies in your industry. We already have market dominance through not really work doing that much in the industry. Um, and and they basically said, oh, look, our product's a fine art product. It's not um, it's not something that would be in, in, in wargaming shops. Because I said, look, it's really difficult for my guys to to go into shops and buy your product. Um, you know, so so essentially, um, Siege's model supply company is Element, as I'm sure you know. Um, so basically, I put an idea that I had to the two owners of Element, and we collaborated on it and formed Artis Opus and Series S, Series M, and a few other products, uh, things that I contributed to the business, and Series D is is Byron's product um, and that's where Artist Opus came from so I'm not going to sit here and say that we're endorsed or anything like that it is my other business obviously my company Siege is going to push Artist Opus and I'd rather be completely transparent and black and white with you I'm not going to pretend or have any hidden agenda there um, the channels we work with uh, purely a case of like tabletop tactics we started doing stuff pretty much at the same time I sent a message off me and Lawrence started talking um, Obviously, we got a lot. We get on quite well. You know, many years has passed. We've been working together for a very long time. You know, uh, I consider him a very, very good friend. I've been to his wedding. Like all these, so we we got on extremely well. SN again, uh, we were in, asked to sponsor. I, I missed out on going to the first one. There were some issues with flights on the first one, but I've I worked with Steve and the guys at SN. We've painted armies for them. Um, so yeah, that that's where that relationship comes from. Uh, Striking Scorpion. Luke and his brother play games down in South End, so very close to to to, to me. So I again, uh, I met him at uh, one of the gaming stores down here. He obviously knew the business. We started talking. So it, they've all developed as a result of building friendships and 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 long lasting working relationships off of hopefully what I'd like to think is is trust and also it is a commitment and they understand what we are as a company. Um, as I said, I push their businesses and they are, I see them as businesses, their channels and all these things. I push them as hard as they push my business. It's a true 50-50 relationship, how I do everything. Like I, I go as hard into it as you do, if that makes sense. Um, and that, that's it. You know, fortunately, we've, you know, we've had very long lasting relationships, good working relationships, transparency and, 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 and you know, I'd like to think extremely well painted models for what they use them for. So, so yeah, that, that's, that's, that's essentially it. And obviously the AO thing is, is my other business. So I'm, I'm not going to lie about that. So, so yeah. Well, it's cool. I mean, I, I've got, I've got my, my selection of them. Thank um, you. So <laughs> they're very good. And I know, I know Ben, uh, Ben Chambers, my mate that lives over in Thornbury, I mean, he's got, got the set through the Kickstarter and such like, so yeah, they are. Yeah. They are right. To go up and have a painting lesson with Tommy Saul. Tommy's a Tommy's a lovely, lovely man. Like honestly, lovely man. Um, you know, I rate I rate him hugely as as an individual and also as a painter. Like, um, yeah, lovely guy. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I know he, you know, you know, he's been a bit poorly of recent, but he's I've I've painted with him and he's he knows his stuff. So yeah, you'll have a great time with him if as and when you do. Um, oh, it was a couple of years ago. Oh, you've done it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be- best best day. In the hobby, I think, yeah, I had, I, 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 oh yeah, super yeah. wonderful. Yeah. He's, a, he's a lovely, he's lovely a really guy. nice guy. Um, but I bought the set because um, I really wanted to go up there with a, a set of brand new brushes, and um, I wasn't disappointed. No, well, good, thank you. Yeah, the, the, it's, it, the reflection I think is that um, my reflection on them is they. It's exactly what you said. Almost what that company steadily reflected. I'm pretty sure I know which one it was, but um, I can't comment. Obviously, I know. I know. <laughs> um, but um, 
that there are no brushes. Well, there what hasn't been for a long time. Well, there's a couple of companies now, but yeah, there are no top quality brushes on the shelf in hobby stores designed for a hobby. I can't really think of other than Games Workshop, um, for example, of a company that produces brushes that are designed for dry brushing yeah. <laughs> that actually do the damn job. Um, yeah. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, Games Workshop and Army Paint to produce relatively good dry brushes to a, to a brush, normal brush, but they die and they do die. Yeah. I have hammered the, the uh, Artis Opus dry brush and it cleans up like i mean if you, yeah uh, we're on radio not television but those yeah. bristles are as white as the day i got them and it's the, 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 i i can't take any any like a bit all cards on the table as i always be like series s was something that i spent a lot of time developing um you know that's that's my baby essentially like you know like the, the ergonomically designed handles the head shape like the weight the balancing all those things are stuff that i spent a lot of time with a lot of my good friends that are the signature artists of the business so andy richard neil hollis angel yeah. all those things. um series d is is byron's child it's not I, I i cannot in any way shape or form have any involvement in the sense of the creation of it he spent four years developing it really really good products it does exactly what it says on the tin, like a tin of Ron Seal. You know, it is, it is exactly, <laughs> it is exactly what it is. Um, you great know, stuff. and, and, and again, like it's a, it's a great product, um, lots of development behind it and it, it does what it does. Um, you know, but there's, there's obviously series M, which is obviously the miniatures range, which we got asked to do after series S. Um, and there's other things that we're doing as a business as well. So, so yeah, again, you can't, you couldn't walk into majority of, mini, of wargaming shops because, fine art manufacturers didn't want to stock in them because it was not beneath them, but it wasn't fine art, if you see what I mean. So like, it's just, yeah, um, there was a market gap. I initially saw it. I approached the two people that I work with for model supply. We launched a company. It's, you know, um, it's, 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 you know, it's as simple as that, but, um, but yeah, like that relationship is obvious the reason why yeah. so um you know um so again long-winded i know i don't mean to talk for england i'm so sorry so no that's why <laughs> so, you're here it's so, great so, yeah. it's really good <laughs> so, yeah. it's really good i yeah i know it's great it's um it, it is good i think the you know ben mentioned about me having some experiences with um with commission painting and i think that's where what was lacking was that professional element yeah. Um, and part of that was my fault because I, I, I don't, I don't, I hadn't fully committed to this idea of, of, of having something commission painted, which meant I hadn't committed to the idea of what it was going to cost me, um, and how long I was going to have to wait for it. Yeah. Um, and, and so I made my decision on where, who to get to do them driven by a couple of those factors. Um, so that, that, you know, that, and I won't. I wouldn't do that again. I, I, I just I wouldn't because it was just gutting. <laughs> so no, I, I would rather, you know. But it is an interesting one because, like, there comes a point in life where you look at it and you think, well, I'm buying all these models, but they're just stacking up. And actually, if I took what I've spent on all those models and instead of having that pile of grey, I had one painted unit because i'd spent that money getting that painted i would be happier with where i am it, uh, my hobby i i have this conversation all the time with people because the thing is is like number one i've got to again be as black and white as i always try and be um people don't value 
the skill or the time that it takes. And, and that's just inherent, unfortunately, like on the, our, on our EMC physical classes when we could run them because of the pandemic. But I, I firmly say that, you know, time is the most important commodity. You know, it's not money. Don't get me wrong. You need money to be able to pay the bills and do all those kind of things. But the time that you have, it's not a physical object that you can manipulate see experience it just passes whether you choose to engage with it or not if that makes sense and when you apply that to something like people say oh yeah well, i paint models for my friends so i do it for free i'm like yeah that's great if you want to sell your time to your friend for free and give that work and, and do that to them that's perfectly fine and they're your friend and you can do that however when you're asking someone to do that for you and you don't know them and it's a and it's a it is a transaction that time is is unfortunately one of the most premium commodities because you do not get it back. That mm. that person could spend it on anything else. They could spend it with their children. They could spend it with their family. They could spend it walking the dog. They could spend it doing anything. They're spending it doing something for you with that time that you're never going to get back. So it is one of the most premium commodities that you can ever purchase in my mind. And I, that, I'm not that Siege is the company it is because of the quality of team that we have. We sell time, not paint materials or anything like that. You are paying for the time experience and experience, as I've already said, is time just invested over many years to, to do something for you to a very high standard. We get people that, you know, they, they'll say, oh, well, you know, um, how much is it to do that? And I'll be like, right, we'll send them a quote. And they'll be like, Jesus. I'm like, well, the, the reality is, is that how many, how, how many hours would it take you to do that? Oh, it'll probably take me maybe 20 hours or whatever, blah, blah. Okay, well, in your job where you get paid an annual salary or an hourly rate, how much do they, does a company pay you for your time? And then they're like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Well, it's exactly the same for what we do, but because our industry is derived from a hobby, people assume that it's cheap. Do you see what I mean? And it's and yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 the problem that I, I that I have at conventions. Uh, you know, it, a part of my job is to explain to customers that they are purchasing that. You know, um, I can't word it any other way, and I'd rather just be frank. Um, but touching upon your experiences with like you mentioned about not receiving models and things like that. That that makes me cringe because it's like the worst thing ever like to, to have that kind of experience um i can't sit here in front of you uh, and be on this podcast and talk to you and your and your listeners and say to you that in hand on heart we've never had things go wrong as a business all right it happens we're human things happen blah blah all those kind of things the difference with siege is the way that the, any issues are dealt with if things go wrong you haven't got a company that's going to turn around and muck you around. I will deal with the problem in the most best way possible for you as a customer and consumer of my business. And I, and me and the office team, we're all of the mindset that we put ourselves in the position of the client, if that makes sense. Yeah. If something goes wrong, we'll put our hand up, be honest, and we'll deal with it as best as possible and professionally for you. And I think consumers have a lot more faith in businesses that do that for them rather than give them some excuse or that don't communicate back or that whatever the case may be. Obviously, this year has been the most difficult year for everybody involved. I can't, again, our email reply time has probably dipped slightly or there's been longer return times on projects. And that, that is truthful and honest because of the situation that we've been dealing with. However, as soon as things are back to normal, I know for a fact that it will return to the normal, excellent standard that we offer, if that makes sense. You know, I'd rather sit here humbly and be frank and honest with everybody rather than put out that like it hasn't affected us of course it has like we've you know but it's the way you deal with problems as a business that determines whether that customer a returns and b sees your company still in good light if that makes sense yeah um, absolutely and and that is the way that i look at it so again this is why as a, as a hobby industry if you do run it as a hobby you have all these pitfalls that come with that 
um you know so so yeah i think i think you know for me you mentioned trust pilot and like you only have to go on to facebook to see that we we said it recently didn't we ben about the um the hobby group our hobby group so uh, uh james had a bad experience with the forge world one of the new castus knights Mm-hmm. um or i think it's a castus i can't remember it's not a castus but it's one of the nights um and it attracted a lot of comments and everything was you know it was people were quite grown up about it it wasn't one of your normal facebook things where you see people just go mad but it's really interesting that that negative reaction had far more comments than any of the other yeah. things so people generally are much quicker to voice their negative oh 100 percent. yeah so to look at your trust pilot and see all that positive those pods so people have taken the time to bother to interact to say i've had a fantastic experience and that's yeah. brilliant um and, and and that you know that's again i know yeah. you've said it to death but i think that professional approach is just just golden I, I couldn't operate in any other way, it, you know, like um, it would go against everything that was indoctrinated and trained in me through recruitment to do it in that way. And that's why I took the model that I used for dealing with customers. Like I, the recruitment consultants are seen in a bad light, like estate agents. And sorry to go off on a little bit of a tangent, but I'll just, I'll just say it this way. Like they are seen as people that tell you you're going to like Buckingham palace for a job and you turn up there and it's a shed at someone's garden, you know? Um, and, and the thing that I, used to do was i'd say i'd go on a client visit see the offices and i'd be like right okay the the, the manager's really nice the team seems really nice you know the the, the office is crap you know i'd go back to the office and I'd, I'd i'd interview people for the jobs and all that kind of stuff and i'd say to them look you're gonna love the company the manager's a really nice guy, nice person the team's great you're working with two people blah 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 but be prepared when you go to the offices, they're not like a plush top end office. All right. You're not going to be wowed by the office, but you'll be wowed by the company. They've got plans within a year or two to move to a new office or whatever the case may be. But the fact that from day one, that person was prepared for that going into the interview, that said a lot more about me as a consultant and the way that I done conducted my business in, in recruitment, as opposed to, Oh, I'll go there. It's a great office. You're going to love everyone, blah, blah. And, it, it, that is just not a big no-no for me in any form of business. And, and unfortunately, as I said, with a hobby industry, a lot of that stuff does happen because it's not seen as this professional thing. I, I, I and Siege can't work that way. Like we, we don't, you know, and, and, and it just, yeah, it drives me nuts. Like I, I do hear horror stories on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And again, I'm going to remain professional as ever and not say names or anything, but I, I do hear horror stories about things within this industry and and people will like message me and go oh is this right is this how things should be doing and i'll be like no way that's not how it's supposed to be like well that's not how we do it but again I, have they got this have they got this do they do this and people are like no 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 and i'm like well that's the reason why mm. you know like it's you know unfortunate i should but, yeah. just say that um because hopefully james is uh james is this you know he usually does i was absolutely chuffed to see that it was quite a positive um, yeah, it was really good. Post actually, um, and I'm really pleased he put it on there because normally people just jump on the bandwagon, but we're really yeah. keen with our group to keep it positive, and everybody was. Yeah, but, um, it was interesting though that there were print lines on the Forge World <laughs> night from the a master mold, which is hmm, interesting. But there we are. <laughs> um, that's got, been yeah. 
sorry, go on. I was just going to say, when you think about negativity and just to drop it in there, you, negativity is always focused upon. You look at the news, you look at anything. People don't, negativity is more interesting, unfortunately. People get bored of positivity. If you heard, if you saw, oh, they've been great. This is great. Oh, this is brilliant. You can, it's just boring for people, unfortunately. And that's why negativity does, does have a bit more traction. Let's put it that way. Mm. We should be more grumpy, Dan. What? Oh, she be more grumpy. Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure don't, we can. Don't change uh, a thing. We're okay. just, uh, <laughs> but just distill your feeling, your early days feelings about the 40k app into like a, a social media thing, and it'll just be the, it'll just be a black hole on yeah. the uh, screen. So yeah, yeah. I sure, think... well, I, in fairness, I, I, I can dump some negativity in the next section. <laughs> um, so okay, <laughs> yeah. we'll get there in a minute. I Thank think you very be... so much. No, no, mate. Thank you for coming on and 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 being so passionate. And it's it's great. It's really cool. Thank you. Um, L- lifting the lifting the uh, veil on uh, on the industry a little bit. It's great. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. We're really lucky that you you, you know to have people like yourself come on. It's it's, oh, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Honestly, I didn't think I'd talk about June or, or any of these things. <laughs> so thank you so much. <laughs> well, we're, we're that's just where about we got the we got the bit on the tagline and other related madness because yeah. we know full well that we are not not professional and we, we just ramble. No. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> we're um. What we'll do then? Um, we we'll wrap up the community section. Yeah. Um, and we will head off into the wild so we can we can end up with a bit of June because who doesn't love a bit of June? So yeah. um, really important, uh, though, James, if people want to get hold of you, obviously mm-hmm. you've got your website, yeah. Studios, which has got the contact form yeah, and everything on it. And, yeah. and that's the that's the way to get in contact with you. Yeah. Eight miniatures. Yeah, and that—that's seedstudios.co.uk. Yeah, just uk. Everything on there. There's a contact form, tuition, the lot, everything, Patreon, everything. So it's all on there. Fantastic, great. Okay, let's go into the wilds. Hi guys and welcome back to uh, Into the Wilds where we haven't got a great list of things to talk about but we have one mightily important thing to talk about which is um, possibly one of the greatest science fiction franchises ever ever, um, and it's not 40k. Um, it's June and Modifius' release of the new June RPG um, which is going to be I'm I'm really excited. The problem is with RPGs is that um, they take an awful long time. <laughs> so investing in an RPG is is a big. I think it's a big deal because um, you know you could potentially be signing away one hour a week for the best part of a five years to an RPG or an evening a week. It that. also takes the holy grail of getting like people yeah. together in one place. Oh, God, like it's <laughs> it's just impossible. Like I've lost track. The number of when the when Modifius announced the Star Trek RPG, I I I, I basically I almost had a, a heart attack of excitement. But trying to get anything underway is just yeah madness. It's consistency of people attending. That's the hardest thing. You know. Yeah. 
And if you lose that pivotal character from your RPG, then you just, yeah, you're like, you know, and that's it before we talk about the games master them in their tire the inflating or their dog breaking out the garden or something. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But um, that aside, the books look really nice to have on the shelf. <laughs> so, so um, they've done, um, they've got the core rule book, but they've got an Atreides collector's edition, which yeah. is just lovely. They've got a lovely games master screen. A lot of this stuff, um, some of the stuff's already sold out and it's only in like early stages. They've got like a player's handbook thing. Player's, player's journal. journal. That yeah. is just, I don't even know what's in that, but I want it. I don't, I have no idea what function it serves, but it looks wonderful. Um, mind you, that this is coming from someone who owns about 12 well, I, I, of I the think, Games Workshop notebooks. To be honest, it's just a lined notebook. <laughs> is it really that's that still, I'd, st- I'd still buy it yeah. i still buy it no it's not it's got other stuff in it contains look. lines square and blank paper beautifully rendered in matching graphics yeah but it has but got something else it's got your character record sheet in it as well i think that's great i think that's that's a, that's a brilliant a brilliant thing to have like it's great like <laughs> it's wonderful I love um, that, that. So apparently, there's loads of background on the Imperium in the um, in the core book as well. It's interesting. So I didn't watch Dune until I must have been. I'd have been in Bath, so I must have been about twenty five. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So, so bear in mind, I got into the hobby when I was eleven, and I hadn't watched it. And when I watched it, it was just like. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. It's the same with everything. It was when, when I moved to Bath, um, I lived in a hotel for like two months and just sold my soul to Eve online um, and ended up like gaunt faced and like, ah. but I had loads and loads of isk, which was cool. Um, but then I moved in with, um, in like a house share, and one of the guys was into making like amateur films and stuff. And um, he, he was really into film. So he had loads of DVD, masses of DVDs of everything. And in a space of about three months, I watched um, June, all the Back to the Futures, all the Alien, all the Predator, um, all the Rocky. That was flipping amazing. End of Rocky Four. I ran upstairs and one of the guys came out of his room and I was so excited. I just punched him in the face. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> ben knows what that experience is like. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I don't know. I'm just rambling now. But basically, eye-opening. It's a, it's a phenomenal film, really. I think it's, it's one of those films where, well, it's one of those books like Lord of the Rings, where it's such a massive thing to try and take on that you've got to go all in. And Dune has got its critics, the film has got its critics, but, you know, I've I've always said to them, considering what they were working with, considering what they were trying to fit into under three hours, it's an astonishing achievement. And the thing that I think that they got really well was the, the feel of the books, the, the imagery, and I'm, the new film looks like it's done the, the same. Yeah. And um, I was crushed 
where we started this evening. I'm so sorry. Apparently, the new June is not going to make it into cinemas, which I, I think is worth donning armour and marching to Hollywood or whatever bloody executive has made that decision. Yeah, I, waste like a corn berserker. I, I agree with you completely. That's yeah. outrageous. But I, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's much we can all do about that. And um, there we are. This product, though, it's a bit difficult to get your head around, I think, at the moment. I can't really understand why you would get the collector's bundle edition and what, for example, is the difference between the tradies collector's edition and the core rulebook standard edition. Well, so the cover. I think we, the cover. It, the cover can't just, yeah. I don't think it can't just be the cover. Why not? Talks, you, you've got a Games Workshop limited edition. It's just the cover and some silver shit on the side. So, <laughs> yeah, but the, <laughs> but the complete collector's bundle has got the core rulebook and the three houses. So you would end. You literally bought four versions of the same book. Yeah, but so, with different covers. I I can't see it's that. So should we have a little kind of delve into what the difference is? So well, I can't um, find the. I looked at the text because I actually got a notification from Modifius that it was being done. And I, 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 I was going nuts in the office because I was like, I can't believe they're doing this. It's going to be the best thing ever. Um, but I looked into it and then I can't, I couldn't find any difference. Because so I, I asked the same question. Because obviously when you see it, you're like, well, I want the Atreides one. That's just, that's just obvious. But like, but I couldn't see any difference between them when I looked. Other, mm, than, I, other than the cover being different. Other than the cover. Okay. Yeah. I, well, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I don't know if I don't know if they've put out more information because I can't I can't remember the date of when it was first announced. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of thought that there might be more information on how to um, release the, you know, how to play one of those, one of those houses. You know, whether yeah. there was more information in there, I, I don't know. Yeah, it looks like they've sold out of um, Harkonnen and Carino. Um, I can't see anything uh, them as individual books at all anymore. I wouldn't want the Harkonnen one anyway. Scum. No. <laughs> I um the so in the like list, like you said, it it basically it's the it's the product bio for the core book, but it also says a special edition cover featuring the hawk symbol of House Artrades. Yeah. Mm. Um, what's quite cool, Ben, you will like this, is if you buy one of these physical copies, you get a downloadable PDF of the book as well. Modifius have always done that, and it's it's a credit to them that they do that. I think it's um, I think it's exactly the right way to do things, and I will always say that. You know, you, you've paid for a hard copy of the book. I think it's it's no skin off of the company's nose to give you a PDF version. Of it, it, it's text. one file you can just copy as many times yeah. as you like. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, I mean, I suppose yeah. the only problem is it with it that, you know, once you've been sent a PDF, you could distribute it to yeah, every but man and his dog. stuff's available anyway. It's yeah, all you online, can, you, you know, is, you want you, it. You can't stop ev- everyone from doing it. And the thing is, is like, I still think like, I don't think books and just trying to not go as, as deep into things as possible. I think books always hold value. And I think if you want a book, you buy a book, you, you know, yeah. so like it's not tangible, uh, an electronic document anyway. So, so yeah, I, I remember, I remember seeing Jim when it, like, I, I actually got me hand, hand on heart. I watched the film before I read the books and I went bonkers for the film. And then when I read the books, I was like, Oh my god, this is so much better in the in the books. Like there were bits that obviously 
weren't in the film that I was just like, this would be incredible if they'd done this in the film. But I obviously understood that for three hours, you know, or for the length of the film, um, you know, um, I, yeah, it's just absolutely mad. I, I, I remember the bit that I watched it the first time and then I realised that, um, that uh, um, Patrick Stewart was, I didn't realise the first time I watched it that Patrick Stewart was in it and then I was like, oh my yeah. God, it's, it's Captain Picard. But yeah, it's always Gurney Halleck, isn't it? That's his name. Gurney Halleck, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just... Yeah. What I liked about when I watched it was like, you could imagine, you can imagine like, having watched that and then aliens and stuff the guys that were starting out 40k just sitting in a room listening to metal music having just seen those films going oh, oh, oh this would be brilliant yeah yeah you just see it it's just flipping ace isn't it yeah i love it yeah. there is so much from june that influenced 40k it is it's yeah so obviously there from like yeah. the mode of transport to the Imperium, the Emperor, you yep. know, the Psychers, the yeah, so yeah. Much, you know, there is so much in there. Um, and I would encourage anyone who is remotely book interested to go and read. The, I mean, it's worth saying it is a book of its time and it has yeah. in it where you read it and think, OK, um, a bit like Future Peace and Future War. But it is it's just incredible. It's um it's one of those books where I said to Joe, because I've got it out to reread it again, um, because the new film's coming out. And the opening the opening paragraph in it is a, a bit on, I think it's the daughters. Mm-hmm. And it's, it uses words and context in the, I mean, it's only like a little quote as if it's from some written book. Like, I can't remember, I can't remember the details, but there's so many things in that one paragraph to unpack that it instantly makes it feel like you're going into a completely thought out and fully rendered universe. Um, I've got to say it's exactly the same as when you open any 40 K book and you have that paragraph of text. Mm, yes. It's it's too similar in a sense of not, I say too similar, obviously they're very different than paragraphs of text, but it's the same, it's the same red carpet to the main event. Let's put it that way. It's just like, you know, um, that's a good way to put it. You feel you've got a whole universe to unpack. Correct. Um, And it's it's, it's, in Lord of the Rings is another one, you know, whatever mind Frank Herbert and and Tolkien clearly had a mind that was this whole world had been thought the detail the history the interaction the the languages the the food the armor the the everything and and what I suppose the only disappointing I think and I've always been disappointed with this in June is I felt like the only thing limiting us from seeing the rest of that universe was is a, is a speed that he could write it down on a piece of paper. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's the same as like reading the Silmarillion where you think if Tolkien had come up with this when he was 15 and done nothing in his life, but write it, mm-hmm. we could have had a hundred books of epicness. Yeah. Uh, they'd all been fantastic. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of his close friends said the, only bad thing about lord of the rings is that there wasn't enough of it yeah um which is equally one of the other co- quotes that i love about his little writing circle was oh my god not more elves because <laughs> they used to meet up in a cafe and talk about it didn't they but yeah but um 
one of the things that I'm really excited about this new product um, is the artwork. Yeah. So the the art preview, which is um, on the website, you know, you can go on there. It's in medifius.net and then just follow the June links. It's right on the front set. So, I mean, I suppose it's worth us talking about the product itself as well. So the standard Games Master bundle, which is everything all in without the fancy art book um, cover, um, so you get your dice, your book, your Games Master screen, and the little cool um, player's journal is 80 quid all in. And that yep. would allow you to be a Games Master for it. Um, the Games Master bundle, in which uh, for the Atreides edition, is 110. So realistically, you're paying 30 quid for a cover and special dice. And I think individuals will make their own decision on that. And then yep. the standard player bundle so if you just wanted to be a, a player is is 60 quid and that's the rules the dice and and the book that is everything you'd ever need to play with all the bells and whistles really but if you are just wanting to get into it it's 45 quid for the standard edition book and i don't think that that is bad no. at all for the for what you're getting a lot there's a lot in these role-playing books they're the big books um with lot, lots of background in. So uh, if it's anything like the quality Modifius normally produces, it's just going to be astonishing. And have, the, any, have either of you guys... Sorry, Ben, I just no. was thinking, have have either of you read much beyond just June? Cause there's no, I never read that. this. No, I didn't. I didn't. Being there's loads, I didn't realise. So I've just found the list. In chronological order, the, but, the Butlerian Jihad, the Machine Crusade... The Battle of Corin, Sisterhood of Dune, Mentats of Dune, Navigators of Dune, House Atreides, House of Harkonnen, House Carino, the Duke of Caladan, the Lady of Caladan, Heir of Caladan. Then we get Dune, then Paul of Dune, Dune Messiah, Winds of Dune, Children of Dune, God Emperor of Dune, Heretics of Dune, Chapter House Dune, Hunters of Dune, Sandworms of Dune. There's bloody loads, isn't there? Didn't realise that. I'll have to get buying some books, I think. <laughs> yeah. I only found that out, um, James, the other day when I when I picked up the book to read it again. Um, when I was a kid, I'd only read June because I thought that was it. Yeah. And um, you know, life, takes, life takes you away, doesn't it? I <laughs> definitely didn't. I didn't it, even know. Yeah, so there's probably a lot, lot more to read. So we could have a June section in the podcast for the next ever. But to, on the on the page... On the book page is an art preview, and I don't know if you guys have got the page up, but I'm looking at it now. Yeah, the, the troops landing out the the um, uh, flyers. Yeah, the, oh, that's one of my favourite scenes in the uh, the new film. Is the Imperial Guard coming down? I forget the name of the the, the stormtroopers, but coming down on their like anti grav things and just sort of slowly landing on the floor, and you just, oh, it's just like oh yes. It's almost the exact opposite for how a space marine would do it, who would hit the ground like a meteorite. (laughs) (laughs) An inceptor is about the most subtle subtle thing in the universe. It's like, I have anti-grav boots so I can hit you like a comet. (laughs) It's coming, boy. (laughs) Breaks, who needs them? (laughs) Yeah. No, it's brilliant. Especially yeah. effectively fire terminators out of cannons. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you off. I just I know we were talking about the similarities, right, between 40k and Dune. 
So I'm just reading the bio of God Emperor of June, which was written in 1981. Okay. And it says here, um, so basically Paul's son, God Emperor Leto II Atreides, ruled the empire three and a half thousand years, blah, blah. Anyway, it says his prescient visions had shown that humanity would be threatened by extinction in a number of ways. And his solution was to place humanity on his golden path, a plan for humanity's survival. <laughs> it's just like the emperor it's brilliant i love it it's oh. very very similar they've got navigators they've got all the things like that you're akin to like psychers all these things are in are in it and it's just like <laughs> sorry james um he governs as a benevolent tyrant providing for his people's physical needs but denying them any spiritual outlets other than his own compulsory religion secular yeah like <laughs> like like the emperor yeah it's 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 yeah it's hilarious only um, this bit's quite different personal violence of any kind is banned yeah, yeah that's Atreides. Atreides, yeah yeah he's From the paul's son no it's paul's son so after the film paul's son so yeah but, um, so he lived for, three, lived for three and a half thousand years. It says he's ruled the empire for three and a half years. Oh, he's ruled years. the empire. Yeah. Yeah. So he's still alive then, yeah. Yeah, from the verdant face of a transformed Arrakis. Jeez, yeah. That's cool because, well, in 40K, theoretically, a spaceman could live for three and a half thousand years if someone didn't shoot him. Well, yeah, technically. Well, Dan, I, I'm sorry to bring the Blood Angels fanboy love into it, but Dante's been Chapter Master for 1100. So he's been alive prior to that for however many years it takes to get to Chapter Master. So you're quite right. Like they can, I, I do think Marines are not immortal, but they are. I think, though, Dante, the reason he's got that mass, he's like the um, Blue Peter tortoise. Right? So Blue Peter had a tortoise, <laughs> didn't they? But if it ever died, they just got a new tortoise and just said it was still alive. They, no, they have, they have revealed him. Like, I, I, like, I've read, I've got all the Dante novels and stuff. I'm like, he, he is, um, he is, he is aging as a man. Like, he's not got, he's not got black hair anymore. So he is, he is aging. But um, I think um, one, one of my favourite bits of um, the Brothers of the Snake book, yeah, is uh, when the chapter master is seen for the first first time, and he's just this. I mean, God knows how old he is, but he's probably a thousand years old, easy. Um, but there's a bit in it after they've been on this planet and it's all gone a bit pear-shaped and most of the chapter was surrounded by a massive orc wire and just stuck in place until um, Pryad and his company rock up and, and change the course, the course of the battle. Um, but there's a wonderful bit where they're in a kind of council and um, the the chapter master takes off some element of his armour and Pryad can see that he's got a, like a minor tremor. like a, the, But it says something like that would only be perceivable to an Astartes or person with like the eyesight of an Astartes. So any normal human would not be able to perceive the tremor, but an Astartes could. And it was like, the only sign of aging that this guy had like is almost imperceivable but um and it had only come out because they'd been hammered through this terrible situation i think there's loads but this is the bit about 40k that i absolutely adore is the bit that isn't on the table as yeah almost so like it talks about um 
um, it's in the original Space Marine novel, perhaps, where um, Space Marines don't die of old age in the original Space Marine model by Ian Watson. I think they, they effectively commit ritual suicide at a point because they become so war-weary that they almost have like a post-traumatic stress, but not post-traumatic stress, just a kind of like, what is the point? I'm so fed up with this. I'm so bored. No one can kill me. So what's, you know, <laughs> I've, this is just like the dullest existence ever. Yeah. Um, and in, in, bear in mind that the Imperial Fists in that novel used to sit in the pain glove, which if anyone hasn't heard of what a pain glove is, it is the most pain a person could possibly be in because it activates all of the nerve endings in the human body at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. So it's, it's like it's like you're on fire continuously and Imperial Fists would just sit in it for like 10 hours just for the funsies. And they'd have competitions with each other to see who can be in it for the longest. Um, so they got, and then that was explored a little bit more in the Horus Rising book, I think, it, with the old one. Yeah, I kind of what you mean. So um, he, he kind of reached the point where he was getting so bored with it all that he wasn't really a Marine anymore. And everyone he just He just done non-combat combat stuff, didn't he? Yeah, and, he and then was, as soon as he had a reason, which was like the heresy against the Emperor, he was like, what? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was, he was in the game again. And it, I, I love that, that kind of subtext, the idea that, that a Marine could be so good that the ones that live for long, long, long time can almost become bored of it. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that that would happen now with the, the, the Imperium just falling apart at the seams. That, yeah, uh, tell me about it. If there was ever a time for a Primark to come back, the loyal one, it would be now. So, um, I hope, I wonder if, I don't know that they will, uh, but obviously for the Star Trek roleplay, they made models, didn't they? Oh, oh. Well, Modifius, they, yeah. they they might they might make some models which would be great, like That'd on the space. Giant, it? a great big sandworm. Yeah, you <laughs> could use right. it in the Hobbit game then. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start. Uh, well, we, we said we had to be a bit more grumpy, but what the hell was that in the Hobbit? I mean, come on, that's just wrong. <laughs> worms, the mining <laughs> worms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we're not going down that rabbit hole. No, we won't. Well, that wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, do you, because um, they do alien RPG as well. Yeah, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you got that, Ben? No, I, I haven't, actually. I haven't picked up me. any of the, well, I haven't picked up any of their RPGs for the very simple reason that I want to play them all. And and that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> no, I, I know it's how ridiculous it sounds, but at the moment they run the Star Trek, Conan, June, Dishonored, Infinity, John Carter, Mutant, and Devil's Run RPG. Um, and the Alien RPG. And Judge Dredd RPG. So you tell me any individual ones of those that you wouldn't want to play. Yeah, they're all great. <laughs> you could end up down a rabbit hole of RPG for like ever. Yeah, you can't you can't complain about that. That's just loads of awesome, awesome things. And I think the most telling thing about it is that they are big, they're big franchises. I mean, Alien franchise has been pulled from a very big company, um, just flat out taken away by Disney as soon as, as soon as they came on board with Alien because 
for, for whatever reason. Uh, we don't know the, the details, but and, and certainly don't know for sure. But um, it, as soon as Disney took over Alien, that franchise got pulled from the company. Yeah. The timing is far too coincidental for it not to have happened, in my view. But Modifius has still got Alien. Modifius has still got Judge Dredd. They've got Star Trek. I mean, that's a massive franchise for somebody to go, here, you can be the, the writers of Star Trek's RPG. It's a, it's a phenomenal credit to the company that they've managed to pull together all of those companies, um, uh, all, all those franchises, and run out and run, make a product for them. It's a lot of trust from the companies. Yeah. Really, really is. It's great. It's, it's, they've got a great collection of IPs, which means they're just going to keep producing brilliant, brilliant products. Can't You can't knock it. It's, just, it's so good. Mm. And they've got the best one. They've got June. So it's all good. They've got June. It's going to be, oh, yeah. I can't wait to do the away team on Star Trek, though. That would be, that'd be great, wouldn't it? That's a great one, yeah. You could just make up science word. like. <laughs> <laughs> Just have like a, a a list of words that you can throw in, like um, tachyon. If you ever, if you ever, if you ever need a red shirt that needs to die, I'm all in. So yeah, <laughs> so, I was just thinking maybe we've got the beginnings of our Dune role play uh, Zoom I'm, sessions I, right I'm up, here. I'm up for it right now, like right now. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, be amazing, wouldn't it? That'd yeah, be I'm up for it. I'll so. be one of the house Harkonnen. I'll have the, one of the the sofas that float around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going over here. It's great. Love it. <laughs> a giant floaty fat suit. That's what yeah. you need. That's oh, that's exactly. right. It was, wasn't it? It yeah, was. Yeah. It was, yeah. It it was, was a couch. Yeah. I definitely don't want a heart plug. No. Oh, no. Oh. I want to weird it out. Wonder where Nurgle came from now. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you very much. That's, this has been incredible like it's combined everything star wars june star trek and 40k i couldn't have thought of a better chat or discussion than this honestly thank you yeah it's been great thanks ever so much for joining us mate thank thank you both and thank you for having such a such a great patience and, and great interest so thank you that's really really kind of you uh, to let me ra- let me ra- let, let me ramble on so yeah thank you <laughs> um so as ever, we're we're on um, the Two Piece Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and um, Seed Studios is on all of those platforms too. Um, seedstudios.co.uk. And what's your Instagram handle, James? Uh, it's just Seed Studios. Just Seed Studios. If you type in Seed Studios, you're going to get them. So you'll find us. Um, yeah. If you're not following them, what? Why aren't you following them? <laughs> Basically. Thank you very much. <laughs> and. Um, and uh, we'll see you for episode 62, where we might remember the number of the episode at the start. <laughs> so you never know. Really. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.